This episode of Tundra Talk is brought to you by Frontier Outfitters. You've heard us mention them on the podcast before, and if you're in Fairbanks or you're going to be coming through Fairbanks for a fishing, hunting, or camping trip, it's a great place to stop and get what you need. It's a locally owned Fairbanks business that I've been shopping at since I came up here, and really it's the type of sporting goods store you would hope to find in a place like Fairbanks. They've got a ton of hunting, fishing, trapping, and camping supplies, including backpacking meals and stoves, clothing, real rain gear, good footwear, including mountain hunting boots like Loa, rubber boots like Extra Tufts and Lacrosse, and they also have a great selection of guns, ammo, shooting and hand loading supplies, and even muzzle loading stuff. Now, they also carry a wide variety of fishing and dip netting equipment to tackle just about any fish Alaska has to offer. In Century Hardware downstairs, you'll be able to find a big selection of marine, snow machine, and ATV supplies like ramps, hitches, gun boots, um, good gas jugs, not the junk you find everywhere else, and all sorts of odds and ends for your boat or anything else you could need, and of course, whatever hardware you might find yourself in need of. In fact, it's one of those stores that you'll usually end up leaving with more than you planned on buying because they're really good at finding and stocking things that you just didn't realize you needed until you saw them. Frontier Outfitters is located in the Gavor Mall on 3rd and Old Steese in Fairbanks, as well as Century Hardware out in North Pole. It's a great store, so next time you're gearing up, get on down there and tell them you heard about it on Tundra Talk. This episode of Tundra Talk is also brought to you by Hedgecock Group Real Estate, a local brokerage that can cover your real estate needs in the Fairbanks area, whether it's residential, commercial, or just undeveloped property. The Hedgecocks have been active in the Fairbanks and North Pole real estate market since the early 80s and have put together a team that really reflects the diverse needs of homebuyers in interior Alaska. With a brokerage team made up of multi-generation Fairbanks locals, transplants, and military veterans, they really understand the unique aspects of living in the interior and what that means when it comes to shopping for a home in general, buying land to build a home, and they also understand the situations that many military members are in when needing to buy or sell a home in Fairbanks. This is really a unique place to live, and whether it's learning why some houses have water-holding tanks instead of wells, how much it'll cost to heat a given house, or just what recreational opportunities are close by, they're here to help you. More than simply acquiring or building a piece of property, they can help you find the right property in the right place and help you learn from their experience. The Hedgecock Group offices are on Noble Street in Fairbanks, and if you want to get in touch with them, visit www.fairbanksakhomes.com. That's how you do it. All right, welcome back to Tundra Talk, everybody. Finally, I know it's uh, things get a little haywire as soon as the snow starts melting and everybody running different directions but oh we're finally back haven't 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 given up the ghost yet but <laughs> I'm uh, very excited to sit down tonight with uh, Matt Herkstroder it's been a quite a while since I really got a chance to catch up with you and we got Mr. Jed Freel sitting in here with us how you doing Jed good doing good yep now you you're getting to be kind of a famous squirrel killer from what yeah. I understand yeah yeah, tell what what's been going on. Um, I had to keep suit. Uh, first day, we're sick of seeing squirrels go, going around our house. So my mom said, let's just kill them. So then, 
they mom's, had, mom's idea. Yeah. Well. <laughs> then we, I took my bow and started shooting them. Then we got some ner- more points, and we saw one. Yeah. Now you've and been, then, you've been to back it up a little bit. You what kind of bow do you have now? A compound. Yeah. Did you think that was when did you start shooting that compound bow? When I was f- five. Yeah, this winter I think yeah. is when we started. And uh, what's different about that than your your old long, your little longbow that you got too big for? It has circles and has pins in this and is littler. It's littler, shorter. Is it yeah. is it hard to pull back at all? Yeah. Yeah, but it gets a little easier kind of when you're when you're all the way back, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Are you a pretty good shot? Yeah. You think? Yeah. Yeah, what kind of stuff did you practice on? Um, pumpkins. Pumpkins, and we got some 3D targets. You started shooting 3D targets too, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I always wish we had a squirrel target. A squirrel target. We got plenty of live squirrel targets <laughs> running around the yard, I think. But, uh, yeah, so what happened? Because I remember that you and you, you first got turned loose on them, what we put one of those blunts on and you hit a squirrel and I couldn't believe it, right? Yeah. And it ran off. That one got away. And so I think I went down and got some of those G5 kind of wicked looking oh. small game points yeah. with the hooks on them. I, I might try judo points next, but uh, you started started whacking them pretty good, huh? And they one this morning we just knocked dead. Yeah, you hit him right, right in the heart. It stuck in, that point stuck in him. Pinwheeled him. Yeah. Well, don't hit your microphone. Yeah, he he died pretty quick. But um, so what pin do you usually have to use when you're when you're shooting at squirrels? Um, middle. The middle pin. Yeah. Yeah. It's about ten yards. Is uh, what's the hardest thing about about shooting with those sights? Does it move around quite a bit? How do how do you do that? Because it's. Kind of hard to like stand, because yeah. a lot of times when I stand, I is just kind of slippery and, and I slip a little bit. Yeah, but when you're aiming, do your do your pins and you, you're holding it back. Like, what do you do with your string hand? Do you make like, you make a hook? Yeah, then are. <laughs> yeah, then you squeeze with your back, right? Then it kind of, then it it kind of get weaker. Then it just lets go. And then it lets go. And I get wrong shots. Get wrong shots? Yeah. No. <laughs> You're pretty good. But when, all right, so when there's a squirrel there, and, and I, you know, I'll be help you because we, you started out with one pin and we got you three pins. So when a squirrel's there and you aim back, is that pin like moving around a little bit? Yeah. What do you do? What do you do? Do you just, do you just try to hold it as still as you can or yeah. what? I try to hold that thing. And, like, oh. and then the bow just, and you're holding it, the bow just goes off? Yeah. 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 I feel like it gets weaker. It, your fingers get a little weaker? Yeah, then they just go. Then it just goes? Yeah. Yeah, well, that's what I told you, is you yeah. just let that pin move. There's grown men that don't know how to just let their, sometimes me, just let their aim, because it moves around a little bit, you just got to let it. Let it do what it's going to do and pull. Yeah. Now, what kind of, uh, looks like you got the pistol there. Yeah. What's that? This is 833. 
It's and, eight thirty-three. And, and, and nine thirty-one. Uh, mini Magnum. Oh, a Mini Magnum. Wow, that's pretty cool. How does it work? Does it does it actually shoot those little bullets? You yeah. put them in the magazine. Yeah, and this is how you shoot. it. You pull the slide back and, and let it go. This little button you push to get uh, it out, and you pull it out by putting that. The magazine, okay. Yeah, you don't like guns at all, do you? Yeah, I do. <laughs> do you like shooting targets? Yeah. We uh, yeah we took your twenty two out a little bit and shot two, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. What was what was the coolest thing? Because we went to the the, con- the South Cushman Range. Before it got cleaned up at the end of winter. So, well, there was all kinds of crazy stuff you could shoot out there, huh? A lot of garbage people being messy. Yeah. Yeah. What was your, did you, because did you, you, you shot your, we set up your little steel target. What else did you shoot? Um, little cans and other targets. Yeah. And even I sneaked and saw at my dad's. He was. There was all these holes appearing at the bottom of my... <laughs> I was shooting a two twenty three too. And I'm like, why is... I was trying to zero one. And I'm like, where are these holes coming from? They're like down at the bottom of the target frame. Oh, he was shooting your, yeah. he was shooting yours. <laughs> yeah, silly boy. <laughs> it's trying to not let you know. So that's why he's kind of close to the other targets. Yeah. It's like, it's trying to strike you. <laughs> yeah. You're quite the trickster. But, yeah, anyway, so, what else is new? Anything? No. We've been skinning out your squirrels, yeah. huh? Going to go try to sell them to see what the fur, what the cranky old fur buyer will give us for them? Yeah. I've been that, that cranky old cow. What? No. You're, <laughs> being, you're being a goofball, making, sometimes your jokes go a little bit too far. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, he's he won't give you too good of a price if he hears you're calling him names. Yeah, you got to sweet talk those fur buyers. You don't let them know that you need the money bad. Say, I'll just take it. I'll just take it down to the other place. Yep. I'll send them to fur harvesters if you don't want to give me <laughs> cash for them. <laughs> oh, anyway, yeah, that was pretty cool. He's got them squirrels out there on yeah. the stretchers. And... and I had to keep, and this is the story. I had to keep shying one day. And one day, I shot one. And then when they hit it, it stalled dead. Yeah, it did sometimes. Well, what happens sometimes? Do you have to dig? Do you grab a stick? Oh, we had to dig one out of the wood pile. Oh, we crawled in. Yeah, there. our recovery rate's not quite like what I would like it to be. Some some of them have. There's one run running around that he plugged pretty good in the ribs the other day, and right out of the tree and right back up. But it's still got a mark. We'll get him eventually. His days are numbered, huh? So mm-hmm. how how do you hunt? How do you hunt the squirrels? Do you listen for them, or do you just walk around and look for them? We walk walk around to look for them. And sometimes they they're in the they eat out of the bird feeders a lot, huh? Yeah, they jump down and we get a good shot. Yep. Never be good listeners. Never be good listeners. Yeah, they always just oh, run they, away and they 
Now they, yeah, that's hunting though. Sometimes those animals they get pretty twitchy, and they and you got to be sneaky. That's why I tell you, you got to stay calm and move slow and be quiet. Because if you go running up there, then they, especially after you shoot at them once or twice, then they know you're after them, and you got to be sneaky. All right. Yeah. You're getting pretty good at that. Especially, is it easier if they're like, if they're distracted? Yeah, if they're distracted, they can't jump the string as well. And they don't, and they don't look at you as much. Yeah, there's well, you because there's been a couple that got away because they you, they saw you aiming at them, and then as soon as you, it's called jumping the string. They hear your bow go off, and before the arrow gets there, they're so fast they can jump out of the way. And it's they don't when they're distracted if they're holding their eating holding eating some food or something. They look at the food. To try see what's wrong with it. Yeah, or something. They're just focused on the food and not paying attention to you. And they're they're they kind of feel worried that someone's. They feel like some someone's watching them. Yeah. <laughs> so they must be like, it must be our witch. Yeah. Well, what are what are the what else do you want to hunt? Some elk and, and caribou. Elk and caribou. Yeah. Yeah. You're pretty wanting to hunt bears too, huh? Yeah. Probably probably gotta wait till at least next year, huh? Yeah. Not by choice though, right? Yeah. Maybe I'm like May ten. Yeah, we could probably get you one before you're ten. I think so. That's another five that's another oh. five years away. You're only five. You can't grow up too quick. Maybe we better wait till he's eighteen. No, silly guy. No. Too young to go hunting, maybe. He's pretty gung-ho. Yeah, pretty ate up about it. Yep. Do you, is it like, what do you say when I tell you I'm going bear, I'm going, going bear baiting on the river? I'm going to go. Yeah, not without me. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever, last year, I think was it last year he was pretending he drew a marker mustache or a beard on his face and was pretending to be Frank <laughs> so that <laughs> so that he tricked me into taking him sheep hunting or something or moose hunting. I don't know what it was. I you're, think it's bear hunting. Bear hunting maybe. Uh, you're pretty smart. But anyway, Matt, what's what's been going on? You kind of, I got to point out that you missed like your opportunity to fake your death and... And go on. Matt used to drive about the most inconspicuous truck in the entire state, I think. Yeah. Maybe not totally, but pretty Not close. totally, but yeah, a lot of people recognized it. But so, it's no more, so it's now I'm incognito. Yeah. Yeah, I told you after it happened or after I heard it happen, the thing burned to the ground. Yep. And uh, I was like, man, you should have just fake, you, you know, you quit social media, fake your own death. Go get a Subaru and you well, do whatever you want. No one ever know what you're up to. Yeah, and the bad thing about the social media is I got back on Facebook to look at Marketplace every day. Oh. <laughs> truck shopping. It's horrible. I was like, you kid, you got to be kidding me. I got to get back on here to look at trucks now. Oh, but, geez. Well, yeah, I mean, that's especially Facebook's so dumb. that. Well, that my whole deal, I'm not sure exactly how it happened, but I got hacked like in March. Mm-hmm. And... It, like within an hour or so, I think if it happened, I realized, like I knew it was, changed all my passwords, but they got into that Points North page that I ran for outdoor, or outdoor Life for a long time, and they ended up giving it to me. 
and uh, I haven't really done much with it since then. But um, anyway, so weird stuff starting to happen with that, and like you can see, like different admins were added and all this stuff, and then like weird stuff started. All these like Indonesians started liking posts and stuff on it, so. I went and I, I I thought I had it all cleared out and it and I don't know how they did it because it just showed everything in like the page you know your page rolls and all that like it should be, but every once in a while I think it's like probing like the you know yeah they'll like because te- uh, a page with quite a few followers or whatever blue check mark whatever they'll like I noticed lately that they all right I'd go back and look and see that they had like reposted. Because it says who posted it, but I can't see them. See who it was that posted it? You know, me. that reposted stuff that I had already posted. Hey, Jed, stop pulling on that cord, son. You need, you're making a noise there. Just, just like that. Anyway, um, and then they, like, there was some, like, my sister texted me something. There was some, like, live, like, video game play thing being played on there. Yeah, I didn't know you were into that. No, <laughs> I didn't know I was either. But, uh, so anyway, I went and tried to clean out again, couldn't, and there's no, like, there's no, like, support. Yeah. It just, here, why don't you go see what mom, if mom needs you to do anything. It's about bedtime anyway. We're having some noise issues over here. Thanks, buddy. Oh, hey, hey, here, before you go, we'll interrupt. Well, tell me what um, what's the rules of gun safety? Um, I play safe drugs. Yep. What's the second rule? Keep your finger off the sugar and you're ready to shoot. And what's the third rule? Keep your keep the gun on load and tell you're ready to fire. And what we started working on the fourth one. Do you know that? Remember that one? Know your yeah, and know the thing behind your target. Yep, that's pretty good. And use the same deal. We treat the boat bows the same way, huh? Yep. Yep. All right, get out of here, bud. Love you. Oh, I forgot my pistol. Yeah, don't forget your pistol. Yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs> uh. Anyway, so this stupid thing. Um. I just finally yesterday was yesterday. I was just fed up with. It. I'm like, this is dumb. Like, why? I don't do anything with it anyway. I'm like, I'm just gonna delete the page. So, go to like delete the page, and it's like, are right, you have 14 days to change your mind? Whatever. This morning, email. You've been removed as an admin from the page, so I have no access to the page now. I wonder who who has control of that. Somewhat. I mean, like. Somehow, Facebook or the hackers? Uh, the hackers <coughs> have control of the page. They booted me. Fine. <laughs> I, yeah, it's Your page, but now you have no access. Yeah, my page. Well, and it's not like you can you like open a chat window and be like, hey, uh, this is going on. I mean, I imagine because Facebook is so just disgustingly big, I'm sure that there's probably no, you know, there's like not even, it, it's just like, circulates around oh i think i've been hacked here let me let's help you change your password there's not like oh hey someone hijacked my page like i can only imagine the issues with like actual really big pages that are like actual businesses and stuff yeah well and i feel like that's a lot of that you know even like paypal people think paypal is really a secure way of paying and it's honestly it's not that secure because i had an uh, issue where i was selling a camera lens i had it 
advertised and I, somebody was interested in it. Come to find out they didn't have a Facebook page. It was on marketplace mm-hmm. and they didn't have a Facebook page. And I was like, well, okay. And just started seeming kind of weird. And, you know, obviously I wanted to sell it. So I was trying to get their information and then they're in Florida and then they, they sent me this information and they wanted me to overnight it. Like basically they wanted me, they were going to do it PayPal. Yeah. And, but something didn't seem right. So I actually told them to call me. I wanted to talk to them personally. Yeah. And they wouldn't do it. I the phone would ring, my phone would ring. Yeah. But then it was some weird automated thing and then I'd get a text saying, "Oh, I'm having communication." You know, it was it was yeah. it was fake. They were basically they were trying to get something um for free, basically. Yeah. Like I wouldn't have got paid. So I started looking on PayPal's uh like scam alerts type thing. Yeah, and it started listing. I mean, basically, it verbatim for what they were trying to pull. Yeah, you know, this is this is a hacker or a scammer or whatever. You know, this and this and this. These are common things, and it was everything that they were trying to do. But I also did some research that if I would have sent it and put it in the mail, yeah, probably wouldn't have seen it again. Probably would have never got my money because it was fake, mm-hmm. basically. And there's no, no recourse, no recourse for it. Have you, could you now, would it like be something like it appeared like you had been paid or it yes, was like, well, it, that was the thing. It, what it said, they actually sent what looked like it had been paid the money, but it, there's a, I can't remember there was a thing on there that said when the item is shipped, payment will be fully, oh. uh, you know, fully paid. It's oh, it's gotcha. like it's held in limbo, supposedly with PayPal, until gotcha. the item is shipped. And I did some research into that, and that's they can do that, but the chances of me not get because it was a, a scam. Yeah, there was never money there. How I don't know how they do it, hmm. but. I was I so was, unless you can put basically in other words unless you're selling something and you can pull the money out of PayPal into your bank account yeah pretty <laughs> don't much do it, huh? yeah pretty much and I mean because I was o- always under the assumption that it was secure well after that thing it's not as secure as everybody thinks you know I mean especially from somebody you don't know yeah. I mean like if you sent me a PayPal thing yeah I trust you okay whatever but at least I think so. <laughs> 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 but but you know what I'm saying? Oh, but yeah. you're talking about somebody, in, this was in Florida. Oh, yeah. And the address, that was the other thing. The address they sent me, I looked it up on Google or, or Google Maps. Mm-hmm. It was some warehouse sitting on the pier in Tampa or something yeah. like that. And I'm like, yeah, it's not right. You know? So I, I don't know how these... When the when the son of it. the deposed king of Nigeria contacts you directly, <laughs> well, you help. yeah, I mean that's the thing. I mean, and it's the world we live in anymore. You know, there's a lot of that stuff that goes on, and and they're, they they start to figure out this stuff where they can make it seem pretty. I could see how like old people, older people, oh yeah, get taken advantage of because of that, or that aren't they don't aren't, aren't on any people that just aren't on any kind of like up and up with. Yeah, the stuff that people can do. I mean, even me. You know, it's it's crazy. Like well, they're the getting they're getting really good at it. Yeah, the links that 
you know, all the sorts of different fraud that are out there. But long story short, go report that Points North page. Like, they, even since they deleted me, I noticed they changed, like, the handle slightly, and it's weird. I mean, I've, like, reported it every way I can figure out, but it's, there's not uh, like a, hey, my page has been stolen and booted. Because yeah. really, like, once a person figure, like gets access and as an admin, and I don't know how, like, there was, like, administrative access to it without me being able to see it. You know, I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't know how. They... I'm not super like literate on that stuff by any means. You know, so I was just going to say, all right, yeah, cut the cord and delete the stupid thing because I'm not going to deal with. It's not worth dealing with for however long. And then, uh, yeah, and then they cut the cord with me. <laughs> They're like enough. <laughs> yeah, they took full control there. Full huh? control. Yeah. So. No, oh, that's interesting. Go report it, and hopefully, there's nothing too bad gets starts getting shared well, on there well that's my that's my thing too what to what benefit is it to to them i don't know you know but what I'm it's, saying? it's it's foreign like it's it's so it's indonesia as i think where it's originating from because that was like initial things and i would kept going back and like i finally like hid or just made it visible to people in the united states and canada i think because you can, like, do country restrictions, yeah. whatever, but it kept getting changed back. And it would say it was always some, like, ambiguous thing, per, like, profile or something that wasn't listed on the page. It's But it shows, like, there's, like, a log, an activity log of, like, so-and-so changed this back or so-and-so changed this. And then weird stuff starts happening again. It's like, then, like, Indonesia is allowed and then... All of a sudden, like, all this weird stuff starts happening again. And it, I don't huh. I don't understand it. It's the dark, it's the dark, stupid computers, it's the dark man. web it's, stuff. It's, oh, I don't do no dark web stuff. <laughs> no, that's, I've been, that's what I listen to they're... crime podcasts a couple of times. I don't need to go messing around with that. I got enough internet in my life. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, since I've kind of tried to get off a lot of that stuff, it's. You started it's, browsing the dark web? Well, since you... <laughs> no, 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 it's actually been nice. It's oh, been yeah. really nice. Like, I feel like I've gotten just more stuff done and. Things that I've wanted to do, and yeah, I mean nobody knows about it, but hey, that's okay. Yeah. That's I'm I'm good with that at this yeah. point. So <laughs> it's it's been nice, nice. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, man. Springtime it, uh, it just happens so quick. And every I don't know why I'm surprised every year that it's like pandemonium as soon as the snow starts melting, and it's kind of the same for everyone. I don't know if that's totally unique to up here, but man, like I think it is. I think it probably is more for us. Well, in Alaska. Mm-hmm. because of our temperature drastic changes. I mean, I think yeah. if you live somewhere that's a kind of a moderate, consistent climate throughout the year, it's probably not that big of a deal. When but for us, going from winter time to... Going from 30 below to like 50 above yeah. in like four days or whatever. And, and it was. I think it's the light too. Yeah. You know, we're dark all winter for the most, you know, we got so much darkness. I know me, I mean, we start getting light, man. I can tell I'm... I get more energy. And, oh, I yeah. mean, I just, I feel better. Yeah. You know, all the way around. But, yeah. We've been all discussing our vitamin D intake. I've been pounding uh, vitamin D all So, winter. I've been a believer in vitamin D for a long time. My wife got me on it. I mean, I've been taking that stuff for 10 years mm-hmm. or more, probably, adamantly. Yeah. And when I did, I mean, I take it even in the summer. Mm-hmm. I take four to 5,000 IU every day. And... In the winter, I even up it from that. I've been taking 10 a day. Yeah. I take four to five right now, and in the winter, I go up eight, 
you know, yeah. somewhere in there generally. And it depends what what the wife buys too, because that's the other thing. Sometimes she'll change brands, and I got to look to see what. This, well, even the same brand sometimes have yeah. variable. I found that out the hard way. Yeah, but it does make a difference, and I don't. I think energy level and your just immune system, immune too, system yeah. overall, I, it's definitely better. I mean, I've I've researched the vitamin D a little bit, and it's it's an underrated over. I don't even want to say overlooked. I almost think some of these pharmaceutical companies don't like the idea of it. That's just that's my opinion, but because I think it it, it can help a lot of a lot of things. Oh yeah, in the in the health world. Yeah, well, I think they were saying that they found even with this whole stupid COVID thing that, um, like, yeah, adamant people, vitamin D, yep. like people that were very like sufficient in vitamin D, like hardly get affected by it at all. Yep. Typically, I don't know, but I remember hearing something like that. I know it definitely makes me feel like I feel a lot better. Yeah, I get up or in the morning easier, a lot easier than I, you know, had when normally I, would than have, I yeah. normally would so and I think especially winter time that that's a big deal yeah you know I mean well and yeah. even in the springtime because you know even you know till you start spending a ton of time out in the sun like your body's not going to catch up you may feel like you should be feeling better but you're not yeah and that's why I consistently take it even in the summer people are always like well why are you taking it in the summer we have light yeah your body has to build that it, ha- it gets built up in your system mm-hmm. I don't want to be going from nothing to... I do the same thing with lead. Yeah. <laughs> I need a couple of fishing weights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's, you, you, to me, I, I'd just rather stay consistent with it. You know, the vitamin D, take fish oil and, and a multivitamin, those three things adamantly every yeah. day. Yeah, I should take multivitamins. <laughs> I've been... Probably fish oil too, I don't know. I'd been doing vitamin D and, and dietary fiber. I've never did that. I don't but. know. I get the Metamucil. Not the Metamucil, <laughs> but. <laughs> I just picture those glasses. Those oh, yeah. Those oh, they, they yeah. Just stir it up. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty pretty rough. Yeah. It's pretty sad that this is the shit that we're talking about. Well, <laughs> I mean, I do think, like, the vitamin D, though, I think it, it's an important thing. I mean, you know, everybody has their little regiment that they may like or whatever, but I don't know. That's what I found works for me. And yeah. that's. While we're on the topic of health, it's funny. I, uh, I finally went to the dentist. It had been like 18 <laughs> years since I've been to the dentist. And I don't know. I never I never had any like real bad dental experiences myself. I'd heard a lot of horror stories and like knowing people that, you know, because the last time I'd gone to the dentist, guy's like, no, oh, when do you want to make an appointment to get your wisdom teeth out? I was like, oh, you, I'm like a kid. I'm like, you, you knocked me out for that, right? I was like, no, we just give you a Valium. And I'm like, all right, see you later, dude. And. You know, so of course I've just been, and then I chewed Copenhagen for a bunch of years and I'm like, just like in the back of my mind, like worst case scenario. I'm unfortunately, I'm one of those types of people sometimes that I will like, I will avoid doing something. It's, it's totally irrational. Like I'll avoid going to the dentist cause I don't want to know how bad it is. Yeah. No, I'm. <laughs> and I go in there, I'm like, I'm like, he's going to like want to like, I probably got a dozen cavities and going to want to yank half my teeth and all this stuff because, you know, it ended up, I got, my top wisdom teeth have come all the way in and my bottom ones just like barely came through and then stopped and like everything's good. I've got a cavity in each of my top wisdom teeth, but they've been in for like 10 years and the guy's like, honestly, like there's no reason to pull them, 
you know, so he's like, it'd be way easier just to put a filling in each one of them for right now. And then if they end up giving problems then they'd be easy to yank. So that's, I don't know. You can call me a chicken, but no, that's what happened to me. I, I never had my wisdom teeth out until I think it was probably about five or six years ago. Yeah. You know, and, and, but they didn't crowd my teeth or anything, Yeah, but what started same thing, cause they're so hard to clean. I got, I had cavities mm-hmm. in the two lower ones on each side. Yeah. And the one wasn't as big, but I noticed the other, I mean, I could just feel it with my tongue back there Yeah, and just started getting, and then eventually it got infected cause it, same thing, couldn't get food out of it and it, and then it broke. Oh man. And it was just. It was miserable. And I was like, I got to go to dentist. Because I was the same way. At that I, ha- point, yeah. I hadn't been in forever. And just like you, I don't want them to find anything. I was you know? just and like, it's like, oh, man, if it, do- it doesn't exist, it's like my it's like my old, my old truck out there. If I don't take it to the mechanic, I got no problems. Yeah, no it's- problems. It works fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. That's it. Uh, but I told him, do them all. Because that one, he's like, well, definitely I've got to pull it. And I said, do them all. I'm not coming in here a year later. To have to do do one. another one. Yeah. I'm like, just do them all, and I have them. I had them give me the gas. They were like, "Well, insurance." I was like, "I don't care. I'll pay for that. Give me the gas." And I mean, it, it wasn't as bad as I don't for myself. It wasn't as bad as everybody makes it out to be, in my opinion. But yeah, I mean, yeah, you got holes in your in there, and it was a pain because you got to keep that gauze packed in it and all that. I ended up going back in because there were, I guess there were some brute fragments uh, that started working their way shrapnel, out. Oh, yeah. And I remember him. He's like, oh, that's pretty normal. You know, that can happen. And and he said, uh, <laughs> he's like, well, you think you can? we can do it without any kind of like just Novocaine, like local anesthesia right there? You know, I was like, I don't know, because I could feel it with my tongue. Yeah. And uh, I said, well, we can, we'll try it. He goes, yeah, we. if it gets to be too bad, we can. We'll give you some Novocaine or something, you know? And I was like, all right. And I was about at my pain threshold whenever he was pulling that thing. And oh, it, it was man. a big old sliver came out of there. Jeez. But about the time it came out, I was, because I was about ready to, I was <laughs> about ready, ready to, to yeah, I was about ready to tell him, nope, give me, give me a shot right there. Oh, you know? man. But, yeah. But they did say that, you know, it, flossing's a big thing. You know, if you floss. Oh, I started flossing every day yeah. now. Or toothpicks. You got a toothpick in your mouth right uh, yeah, now. I, like, I, mean, I chew a- on toothpicks a lot. I try to. Yeah. But long story short, I, I feel I feel like I got a new lease on life. I dodged a bullet. They're like, he's like, actually, it's not. Maybe I, I don't know. I just built it up in my mind like it was going to be some. When I'm, I'm like, well, he's like, how come you haven't come in so long? Or he was cool about it. He wasn't. Like typical dentist, I expect a dentist to be like make you to shame you. Yeah, <laughs> you haven't been flossing yeah. every day, have you? Uh, not not every day. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. Anyway, fun stuff. Yeah, on to on to fun stuff. I guess, man. Uh, I was gonna say the doctor's not here. He's the, the one. Do- sh- he should be. He should be know. here. Yeah, he. Uh, yeah, he just got back into town. They were out slamming some slamming some fish i guess it was pretty it was quite the trip it was uh perilous salmon or she owl? fish she oh nice yeah so i'm a little jealous i uh i got the green envy i'm kind of i'm kind of tied close to home this year so i'm doing i got i did get my two baits out and i sat the other night um had both my baits had grizzlies on them one of them looked like eh, it's hard to tell like i'll see if i pull a picture of it 
there was two, the last pictures were two different grizzlies that looked like fairly young siblings, I think. Um, the one, and one bear that there were, uh, I guess they got, I deleted all my trail cam pictures. Never mind. But, uh, just have to take my word for it. One bear, he looked, I couldn't decide if he was, he's almost looked like in some pictures, like one of those bears that's rubbed basically from the spine down behind the neck. It's got like but a I mohawk looking. Yeah, but, look I could, I, but I couldn't tell. It wasn't like obvious. I would have to see him in person. And I honestly don't care that much anyway. I just would like to, you know, get, get my, get my bag limited grizzlies out of there to help the moose calves. But. Because there's getting to be a lot of young grizzlies too. Uh-huh. Because the you know you kill off some of the older boars and those cubs are making it. But uh, yeah, I checked that one. Ran to the other one, and that one had 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 bears on it for several nights. I didn't really my cameras. I have my camera like up high and way far away because last year my other one got destroyed on there as soon as they ran out of food. So it's hard to judge size. I just want to get a look at what's on there and there was a, a nice looking boar and sow that had been on there the night before and they i i ended up calling it a little after midnight because i was thinking i was still thinking it got darker than it did mm-hmm. this time of year i couldn't remember because there's a certain point in may where it's like from it's a little sketchy running yeah. the river at like you know between one and three o'clock in the morning yeah it still kind of gets dark out, and i yeah. was and i was yeah, and they had been coming in by like ten thirty every night the first time they'd come in a couple times but usually by like 10 30 they weren't late at all huh no which is you know a lot of times those you know standard procedure is to sit all night yeah for those grizzlies or at least till like four o'clock in the morning or 3 30 in the morning um you know you start playing all these odds games with your with yourself like how many times i was doing this i was like how many of all the bears grizzly bears i've, I've killed and had come in i've killed one at 2.30 in the morning and had another one come in at 2.30 in the morning. Like, I get them on camera at 3.30 a lot, mm-hmm. but I've never actually killed one sitting that late. So then I'm like, ah, oh, is it really worth it? I could be, like, on my way <laughs> on my oh, way home yeah. or whatever and not, like, ruin my entire day tomorrow. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, for whatever reason, I, I just wasn't, didn't feel like it was gonna, gonna happen. The weather wasn't, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't it wasn't like it wasn't perfect. It was fairly calm, but it was kind of drizzling a little bit of rain. I've seen grizzlies come in in worse weather. It doesn't seem to affect them as much as black bears. Um, yeah, I've noticed with the black bears, it seems like they if don't... it's windy, pretty generally, like at least yeah. where I'm hunting, if it's windy, don't even yeah, don't even bother. I, I've I've seen that too before. Or if it's raining, don't even bother. But if it stops like suddenly, yeah. then they, and it then, gets dead calm. That's the good time to set. Yeah, then they'll be they'll usually be there within half an hour. I know one of them that I shot last year. Well, we just went in the check bait. It was windy. Yeah, and it was it was middle of the day though, mm-hmm. like afternoon. Was yeah. that that big one Dylan shot? No, that one no. That was, uh, I'm trying to remember, what time did he shoot that? That wasn't crazy. That wasn't late. I want to say that was about 11 o'clock at yeah. night. About which an hour, normal time. Yeah. And and I don't know, my one bait, the, the bears seem to be not as, they show up all, all the time. Like yeah. daytime, nighttime, just, you know. Both bears I shot last year, I didn't even set on the bait. I shot them both going in to rebait it. Huh. And they were there, and I snuck in and just shot, shot them. Yeah. Shot one, and then I did the same thing the next weekend. 
but in the middle of the day. Hmm. Which was great. Oh, because that's awesome. <laughs> it was great. Nice to skin them. Nice to, you know, all that. It was great. It wasn't none of this middle of the night stuff. And yeah. I wasn't tired. I didn't have to set all, you know. Yeah. Just generally, after a while, it starts to wear on you. You know, you're setting late all the time. And, and you're, yeah, you're just, it's just that season where you don't. And it, and you're a little older than me, but I know it's like, it, it just affects me. I, I've never been like able to like just go do you know pull all-nighters easily it it destroys me well i when i was younger yeah i remember a couple times me and my buddy like going hunting all night and going to work the next morning <laughs> literally take the boat put it in the river go to the bear bait hunt it all night long be back out at wainwright to start work at seven we just slept in the truck we didn't even go home we just slept oh. in the truck miserable like yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. over all that. I mean, I've been over that for a long time. I'm not yeah anymore. I mean, I'm just, I don't know. Well, that's the thing that's tough with those those stupid grizzly bears is because if you really, you know, and I don't know, like I say, you're always playing the odds game and sometimes, you know, you know, you got a Kenny Rogers, you know, know when to fold them. Yeah. But, uh, you know, if you want to have the best chance of getting one and you had one in the night before, you got to sit all night or till you know four o'clock in the morning five yeah. o'clock in the morning um it uh and it just sucks because you're like i'm gonna be pay- it's gonna be totally worth it if i get a bear but it's gonna i'm gonna be hating life tomorrow yep. if not you know and i mean even like the other night i got i got i called it at like midnight rebated um Got back to the truck at 3.30 and was getting in bed about 5, which I normally get up at 5. I was getting in bed right at 5, slept for three hours, got up. And then there's like, it's like stages you go through. You get up and you just feel like hammered dog shit for, I don't know, several hours in the morning. And if you can like, I feel like I got, I took like a 20 minute nap, but I feel like if I can power through Usually by afternoon time I'm feeling tired, but, I'm, but yeah. I don't I don't feel like sick to my stomach. And, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm the and, same way, but I don't. I can only do that for so long. Oh yeah, you no, know if yeah. if it's something you're doing weeks on end, like you know every time you're going to the bait, it just it seems like the longer you do it, the more it catches up with you. Oh, it does. It's cumulative for sure. It's like you know doing the doing the big you know that big trip. When we, whenever we can do it, Frank's doing it now, but you go, you know, I think last year, all that chocolate bear, it's on the couch. I got up at three o'clock in the morning, you know, drove, met the guys at the river, go down river all freaking day, set up camp, then go to your, check your baits. And then climb, I'm like climbing in the tree stand at eight thirty, you know, seven thirty, eight o'clock at night going, man, I'm yeah. going to freaking fall asleep. And, and still got to hunt all night long. Still got to hunt and then kill two bears, get them drugged to the boat, get them back to camp, skin them. <laughs> and, and I think that's a good point though. I don't think. And then think... you wake, you wake up at, you know, you're going to, you're going to bed at six, six thirty in the morning. And by nine o'clock it's 70 degrees. And yeah. You're just and you're baking roasted. out of your tent. Yep. Yeah. Been there, done that too. It just, I, that's a good point, though, that you bring up that people don't – I know people that's baited, they know that. Yeah. But for the people that don't bait or haven't or think it's easy, it's, you know, a lot of work. No, it's – And it's, a- and it's tiring. I mean, it's – I don't know. I I used – I mean, growing up, we never did it. We never baited 
that hardcore, I guess. Yeah. You know, it was kind of like, yeah, we'll go sit out the bay. We'll sit there till midnight or 1 yeah. a.m. And, you know, and just kind of. But as time went on, I started doing, you know, go longer nights and yeah. more driving. or It just was more stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. It was just. And it does. It wears on you after oh, a yeah. while. Well, and it, but there's a correlation, too, between how serious you're getting about it and how successful ex- you are. Yeah. Not necessarily that you have to sit all. It, it all depends, you know, like. If I'm hunting black bears, usually I'll call it by one o'clock because usually most of the yeah. black bears have come. But it depends on what's going on. And I find like it's it's pr- a little frustrating. Every year is totally different. different where I'm at. You know, three years ago I had already or uh, t- a couple a year before. Yeah, a year before last I had already shot two black bears. Had like four other big black bears using that bait, and then the grizzly showed up, ran them all off. And then I shot the grizzly bear, and then like. You know, when Tom Clum was up mm-hmm. and I couldn't, couldn't get him a black bear to save my life, you know, but, and then some years, like I think one year and that bait's been, we've been using that bait for like probably 30 years, including what my uncle's been hunting it. And every year's different. Some, there was a year, a few years ago where I think I had one picture of one black bear on it all season. Yep. Well, that, but, the, that big bear you're talking about, the Dylan shot. I didn't have bears hitting at all. And then I had a little sow show up and that sow had a cub from the previous year yeah. that was a yearling. Yeah. And it showed up the second year. So that cub was a year old and same, same too. So it made it through the winter and then another sow had showed up, but that sow brought that big boar in mm. and that's another, I don't know. I don't like shooting sows for that reason. Because, yeah. I mean, the way I look at it, they will bring, especially later in the season, they're going to bring them bigger, mature bears in. Yeah. I mean, we've shot a lot of mature bears, and it's because of those sows. Oh, yeah. I almost guarantee it. Well, in, like, the sow and heat stuff, I like yeah. using that, too, a little yeah. bit. You know, you get in the juice. Just a different way. But, I mean, it, it you can't beat, like, a good, no. a, a real sow hanging around. Yeah. And I mean, that's the main reason Dylan shot that big bear. Yeah. You know, and it was only the second time that bear had been there. Wow. And I had pictures on camera. I knew it was a giant bear. And I was like, that's the bear you're going to kill. I don't care how long we got to sit here. And really, we didn't have to sit that long. But that sow came in and I seen it. I saw it coming. And I'm like, right behind it, there's that boar. I'm like, and I knew it because of the size of it. Yeah. Knew it right away, you know, and. Yeah, well, this one, and it, <clears throat> this one, I mean, I, going into that trip, I'd always wanted to shoot, I wanted to shoot a color face bear, and he's, you know, get get him back, he's pretty thin, and like, he's kind of an old, like, chewed up bear, um, but he had, well, we checked the camera, and it was the same thing, we hung the camera way up in a tree, and so you're not going to get, like, good, a good perspective angle, yeah. pictures, but we'd seen one was a chocolate bear, and I didn't, you know. I initially thought it would just flipping through the pictures real fast. I, you know, we just kind of wanted to get an idea of what was there. I was like, oh, you know, that one looked like a, the smaller of the two of the pair that was on there. And I assume it from whatever angle it was. And I thought it was a sow. And so sitting up in the tree stand and I was not going to be picky. I was, it was going to be a waylay. So sitting there and here brush crunching and here comes black, you know, black, black bear through there and gets up and I'm, 
All right, before I even like got to think about shooting, I could hear this one coming. And as soon as he popped out, I was like, oh, man, <laughs> like, heart started pounding a little bit. I was like, that's a big bear. No, that's it is a, it is a really nice bear. And Definitely he, a, you know, an old warrior. <laughs> an old warrior. Yeah, no, he was, and it's funny, cool looking, watching the video, like his, one of, half of one of his ears was like chewed off and he, uh, his, and he was, I killed him the first, the first night and that's, I mean, that's the reason I could have stopped it if I would have been able to get him, if I, I should have just fleshed him the next day, mm-hmm. but I, I thought he would last, but um, there's a couple little spots on his back, but right behind his ear, like up onto one of his ears in the back of his neck, he had all sort of fresh bite marks and stuff like that from, I'm assuming, because I've, from trying to kill cubs or killing cubs, the sows will jump on their yeah, backs and just thrash them. Um, that I think all that extra bacteria, cause that's the only parts of him that I had any slippage issues with and, uh, had infection or something. It going had on some there. sort of weird stuff going <laughs> on back there that already like. You know, I think if I would have fleshed him and got him on the salt immediately, it would have been fine. But, um, you know, that's that whole, like, preserving hides is a more involved thing than people than yeah. people think about or, or realize sometimes. Well, especially this time of year, you know, you're – it's getting warm. Yeah. You know, it, I mean, especially when you're getting into June. Yeah. I mean, we've kind of – I mean, the past few days here has been nice. But, I mean, have you seen the forecast for this week? It's, it's supposed looking to be, to be pretty warm, yeah. Well – but freezing at night. Oh, freezing at night. I didn't see that part. I know yeah. I, was, I was freezing my ass off the other night sitting in the tree stand. So I had, it, I'm sitting there, I'm like, man, I don't remember. And it's early, granted, but I was like, man, years past, I don't remember being this freaking cold. Yeah. It's I like, been cold. And I even, I put my, I my long johns on and I put my, I've got a, my thinner set of like marmot puffy pants. I mm-hmm. put those on and then I put these like insulated browning, like camo pants on that are quiet. I like because they're quiet. Yeah. And they got like cargo pockets so I can stick all my shit in my pockets that I need, thermosil pads and candy bars. phone charger, candy bars and <laughs> and uh and yeah, a couple you know, eight balls of cocaine or whatever. No, I'm just kidding. keep you awake all night. Keep me awake, but no, well a couple five hour energies they'll fit in there. It, yeah, so I had all that on and then I had, you know, like a you know, shirt, long sleeve, hoodie, and my flea my old like Cabela's fleece jacket zipped all the way up just sitting there like man well I, i'm getting soft but well, it was cold it was like 36 degrees and then you want to talk about you know a three-hour boat ride at two o'clock in the morning yep. back then which i love running the river at night because it's just like calm it's like glass it's, when and it's it, when it gets all yeah. all uh you start getting all the foam forming oh yeah you know and there's yep. no wind you can read you can see like everything and I think it's really cool when it's like that, especially on the little rivers, because it's it's just weird. It's so smooth, and you yep. can just see everything and all the different like levels. Because people like if you haven't paid attention running rivers, I think you don't really realize that. Especially when you're going upriver, you can see the different levels of like yep. gravel oh. bars, and you learn to look at that. And and when it's windy, it's it's harder it's, to see. It's it. harder to see it. So like a lot, or of, you can't see the it. stuff's just not as obvious to you know to the untrained eye, so to speak. But man, you know, at night when it's all smoothed out like that, like you can just it's like I'm the same way. You can I always see like everything late like that. You can just rip her around the corners real hard and not like cav- not cavitate because it's not all you know. You just slide around the corners because it's not all choppy, choppy. or anything like yeah. that. Um. 
you know, you can, yeah, you can see what's going on. As I was a little nervous, I was like, all right, I'll call it at 12. Cause I was thinking, I think I'd make it to our cabin by like two o'clock in the morning. And I, by, by the time I made it to the cabin, I'd be able to tell if it was going to get too dark for me to see. Cause there's a couple, um, the water's dropped quite, it's actually down to about a normal level, but, um, every year these rivers change and, you know, yeah. I've, yep. I mean, I've run there so many times I could about do it blindfold and you know, like the spot, the typical spots to look for, but there's always a couple new ones that show up and there's, there's, uh, yeah, you gotta, you kind of gotta pay attention yep. <laughs> at this point. You get, you get spoiled running in high water. So sometimes where oh, if all you gotta do is keep it between the banks, you're good. Yeah. That's what always has worried me with my boat. You know, it's not as well. Your inboard. My inboard. Just, yeah. It, I've never ran into ground. I mean, I've came close a couple times and, you know, but, you know, it's always in the back of my mind, especially oh, yeah. like when it's me and Dylan, or, yeah. you know, or something like that, yeah. where I'm like, ain't got no help. Yep. You know, it's, but like I said, I'm, I don't run that thing as much as I used to, you know, so it, I'm, I'm out of tune with reading the rivers. Yeah. You know, running that little John boat, it's like, eh, who cares? You know, yeah, it's, no, that, it's I mean, light, you know, I mean, it's, if if you don't want a hair raising, like stressed all the time when you're running, just get a small boat because, you yeah. know, you're, I don't know. I just don't worry about it as much with a small you know, boat. I found, I don't know. I, I found, I don't take as many chance. I used to just like get all ate up about running the sketchiest, the sketchiest <laughs> little channels I could pick on a whole thing just to see what it would do. And I don't know now I'm kind of mellowed out. I'm like. I'll drive by it and be like, yeah, I could make it through that. <laughs> yeah, but I'm yeah, not I going go to. go up that channel, but I'm not going to. <laughs> yeah, Because yeah, I spent too many hours digging rocks out of my out of my grate yep. and trying to pry them out of my output or my old motor. I had Every time I'd suck up gravel, I'd have to pop the cow. I'd have to take the thermostat out and clean it because it'd get gunked Gunk up with rocks there. and stuff, you know, with little pebbles and sand or mud and then it oh you know get my motor hot yeah so i just learned anytime i sucked up gravel or hit gravel i had to do that yep yeah i was gonna you know i i got the little john boat out the other day and got it all fired up and my new my new nickname for temple is he's the salesman the salesman. we gotta start calling him the salesman yeah. you know i always always talking people out of his mud motors yeah <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> That's what I'm calling Temple from now on is the salesman. Was it you who, yeah, sorry to pick on you, Temple. Was it you you who called him and, like, wanted to buy a mud motor and he was, like, trying to talk you into buying something else? No. Which he's on. Temple's an honest he, guy. He like, is he, an honest. He wants he's to very, set you up with what will work yes, for you. Yes, he's very honest about it. And, you know, when I got that one from him last year, you know, there's some things I'm not as impressed as I thought I would be. Yeah. But also, it's from lack of experience. Like, I'd never ran those things. I had yeah. no idea about them. I mean, I'm giving it another go this year. There's some more tweaking than I want to do. Yeah. It didn't quite do what I was thinking 100%. But also, I'm not using it as probably designed yeah. 100%. So, we'll see how this year goes. You know, I mean, there's aspects of it that's great. But there's also some that I'm not quite sold on. Yeah. I will say the simplicity of it all is nice. Yeah. You know, no, it's, it's, there's something to be said for that. You know, like there's only, you know, when there's only so much that can go wrong with something and, you know, from what I gather, they're pretty straightforward to work on and, you know, yeah. Cause the more complicated stuff gets, uh, the, the tougher it is to fix when it goes down. Yep. 
and there's a few things that I want to get, you know, just for backup stuff for mine. I mean, obviously they're slower, mm-hmm. way slower. Um, you know, but Temple also was right. Like he steered me in the right direction for the type of hull that I was looking for. Yeah. I mean, I just bought a, 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 it's used, you know, I bought it used, but I'd been looking for like two years trying to find yeah. this specific size. And, you know, him giving me that guidance, because if, if I didn't know that, I would have just, I would have bought whatever. Mm-hmm. And what I've noticed with those things is, and he'll even tell you, you know, they are designed to run generally with a narrower boat. Yeah, like a watch top type of yeah. boat, yeah. I mean, like mine's got a 44-inch bottom on it. Yeah, you know, that sounds it, a little it, narrower than mine even. I think mine's Yours probably a 48, I think. Yeah. So yeah, I got a. It's a sixteen forty four is what mine is, yeah. and it's. You know, when I talked to Temple, he's like, "That would be that's like, ideal." Hmm. You know, for skinnier is still probably better. Yeah. But because of those, the way that long tail is, is it it has to ride in the wake of the boat, and if your wake doesn't match where that tail is, yeah, you're not gaining the advantage of running that type of a motor. Yeah. You know, and it also can affect the handling too. Oh, big time. You know, but I don't know. It just, <laughs> it's just kind of funny. There's some stuff that I'm going to do to mine that I had issues with last year. Mm-hmm. And he he gave me some ideas. I mean, there's, there were simple things too that I didn't, I don't know why I didn't think of. Cause I was having a hard time going downstream and tight bends. Oh yeah. Getting her, t- getting. Cause you know, when the props in the water, you're going too fast. Yep. But once you pull the prop out of the water, you, you got have no control. You have no control, no steering, no nothing. I mean, me and Dylan about sank it once. Yeah, literally, I put it up into some willows because to avoid a big sweeper. Yeah, and the whole back of the boat took on water while I, the front was up in the willows. Yeah, we ended up. Fortunately, there was a slough, and we were able to come along the boat because I couldn't get it back in the river where it was. There's no yeah. way if I would have, it would have sunk, and. Ended up come alonging it all the way into this slough. Oh, man. And then take it to slough, and I said, forget that. I ain't going no further down river. <laughs> I'm done. You know. But it was a learning curve. A lot of that, too, is just lack of experience. You know, yeah. I didn't. I mean, I ran the thing a couple months is yeah. all. I mean, that's all the time I had on it. And the and the first time I ran it, I wouldn't even put it on a river. Yeah. I mean, it was like I put it in a pond and. Well, it's totally, I mean, totally different steering system and handling characteristics than yeah. what you've been, you got to yeah. get, yeah, there's so many different, I mean, you think about how much time you spent behind the, like on a on a tiller or, a, or you know, on a console on a riverboat, yeah. on, a, out, on an outboard or inboard, you know, traditional jet boat, you know, learning how each one handles and how to handle all sort of different situations and when you totally change the handling of your boat and steering method and yeah. everything, that makes sense. That and, and that thing, the works. that thing is, a, I mean, it's, it's way different than anything I've ever drove. Huh. Just, you know, the way it is. I mean, yeah. you can tell by looking at it, it's probably going to be, but, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but there's a lot of work that goes into getting it set up correctly. Oh. Um, you know, I mean, I spent evening after evening huh. messing with stuff, you know, to get it to to track like it should and yeah. you know because you shouldn't be having to fight that handle if you're no. fighting the handle you, something's out of whack yeah 
<clears throat> the only time you're really fighting handles when you turn because mm-hmm. you got all that leverage out there. Yep. And that's where it'll it can get you in trouble. Yeah, because I could see that makes sense because you got a lot more leverage on the end of that long rod than you can put on your short the short rod that you're using to, to steer to steer. And the more throttle you give it, the t- yeah. the harder it is. Interesting. So it's you know they're not designed to corner fast. Yeah, at least from what I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was that's fourteen a, it, point corner turn. <laughs> I don't know. There's, there's, like I said, there's some advantages, but I don't know that it's the, the hundred percent answer that I was looking for. But yeah, that's that's a tough one though. There's, it's like I told the wife though. I was like, well, we can, you got to have a boat for every little scenario, you know. And you kind of, but she's yeah. she's over it. She's like, you ain't buying no more boats. You're done. <laughs> oh you man, know? I could actually use yeah. Hopefully, maybe here in the next few years, I need to get a little bit bigger one for. I mean, this you know, this one's like a good one to hold on to. It's great, you know, you know, sips the gas pretty. It does really good on gas. And for the stuff I'm typically doing with it, I don't need a bigger boat. But taking the family out and if I'm, go, you know, hauling a four-wheeler and to go moose hunting or whatever, that could be could be yeah, having some, handy. Yeah. yeah, that's one thing that at least, you know, I know by the inboard, I was going to say, like, talking about run, running the river late at night or you're cold, at least with the inboard, you know, I got a heater and all yeah, that. Heat, it's, a it, nice little cab. You can, that makes a huge it, difference. Huge difference. That's running this mud boat. You freeze your butt off. Yeah. Like, I don't even have a console. I mean, you're just standing out there, you know, yeah. and just get pelted with rain, snow, whatever's coming yeah. at you. You're, you're getting it all, you know, yep. and it's like, it's, uh. Yeah, it was a definitely a learning curve. That's one thing. The inboard's more of a, a gentleman's boat. <laughs> a <little laughs> you know, bit, it's yeah. kind of, I don't know, just until you get it stuck. Until yeah. you get it stuck, yeah. No, they're pretty incredible, man. They, I still remember the fir, the one my uncle had. He had one of the 175 Sport Johns. Mm-hmm. Um, when we were first up here, the first year I was a resident, we went out, you know, we went pike we were pike fishing and shooting ducks and stuff and happened to jump a 60 inch bull moose and is that the one you shot that's out the one I, yeah that's the one out there and we had so much just bullshit gear and that whole boat filled to the top three you know no four of us because me my dad my uncle my little brother um and that thing still is wow she yeah, jumps right impressive. out you know, and that was a little 175. The 200s are a little quieter, better on fuel. Um, I think those 175s, they 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 pretty much are done. I think yeah, I don't his think through they... his through a rod, I think, through the block, and I think that was an issue with those motors, with those 175s. Mm-hmm. At least that's the way I remember it. But um, no, they're they're nice boats. I mean, I just they're so freaking expensive. They're expensive. Yeah, you know, they're yeah. more than a new truck almost. Yeah. And I ain't buying a new truck. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, man, these vehicles, boats, the price of all this stuff is going up through the roof, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, it's, and people know it. I mean, people are selling stuff for. <laughs> we're running on the river the other day with Frank and some guy, I think, at a sport, John, with a, a stack of, you know, a stack of lumber coming up. It's like, oh, that guy's got money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, you know, get this. I was at Home Depot, you know, and the price of lumber's skyrocketed, right? And I'm looking at, plywood and they had three quarter inch plywood it was like i don't know it was ridiculous like 81 bucks or 83 dollars for a sheet of three quarter plywood and then right next to it and i noticed the pile was almost gone they had birch three quarter plywood 
and it was less than the regular plywood was. That's funny. Like by a couple dollars. Nice, like it was nice, a couple dollars, yeah. but you're talking bur- and then they had oak that was the same price as the as plywood. It's yeah, inflation like our it's there's some weird stuff going on with because yeah because yeah, it's and I've heard it's not it's not because of demand like no and I, it, I, I I know initially stuff I think was all jacked up with shipping and you know just all sorts of different industries and stuff were affected by you know the COVID shipping yeah. stuff but I think a lot of that's kind of ironed out and it's I don't know, but well and I'm wondering if they're just not caught up with it could. You well, know, but I do think I inflation too. I mean, heck, they keep sending out all these checks to everybody. You it's know, certainly not going to not help in the matter. But uh, and you yeah. look around and everywhere is hiring. Yeah, I mean, was it? It was. It you was, could get a job anywhere right now. What was it? Was uh, at like A and W the other day had that their sign said, uh, but, but uh, stimulus checks issued biweekly. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that, but that's good. Oh, oh the A&W, KFC over, <laughs> yeah. like, over on airport. airport. Yeah, that was funny. But, yeah, no, plywood. I was thinking, or Frank was like, oh, plywood's so expensive, you could take some sawdust and sell a little pack of sawdust and glue and make your own uh, make your own pl- DIY plywood kit, OSB kit. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, I'm... I wouldn't want to be building right now. That's for, no, for sure. No, I mean, not at all. It's it's a bad time. What they're saying, the average like, you know, Fairbanks home. If you were you building it now, would cost you like thirty or forty thousand dollars more just because of the yep. price of lumber. Good time to sell. If you're great time to, to sell, sell. If you're wanting to sell, I've We've, well, I've heard that like people. That's another deal. Is the reals the local real estate like. Houses are selling like within hours of being posted for more than asking yep. without. You know, even inspections, and there's some like there's some good houses around town, but there's some shitty houses oh, yeah. around town yeah, too. For sure, for sure. That's what I told my wife. I said, "Now's the time to get out of our house." <laughs> but the problem is, the problem is, is I don't plan on leaving. So yeah, it's where like, are you gonna? I, I'm still buying at mm-hmm. extremely high prices. Yep. I sure as the heck ain't gonna build. No. I mean, I want to downsize is what I want to do, but you know, it's like downsize it, the house and upsize the shop. Basically, yeah. yeah. You know, that's what I'd really like to do. I but get with that plan. Just live in the shop. I'd be fine with that. It's convincing, <laughs> convincing the wife of that one ain't going to happen. <laughs> but, no, I mean, once, I mean, my kids are getting getting older. I mean, it ain't going to be that much longer, and they'll be out of the house. And I'm like, we don't need all this. I'm, I'm ready to, you know. Yeah, well, everything's maintenance, you know. And- well, it is. And, I mean, in my thing, too, I've been remodeling and, you know, it's like everything's been out of pocket. So I got mm-hmm. unfinished stuff that I got to deal with. It seems like on a regular basis. Yeah. There's always something, you know, and I'm like, I'm, I'm over all that. I want simple. I want a hippie shack. That's what I want. <laughs> a hippie shack. Yeah, that's what I call it. You know, I'm like, that's all I want. Get you a tiny home and park it outside your your big old, your big old <laughs> big like shop. 60 by 120 foot shop out on Van Horn that you buy. <laughs> Yeah, I'd be down with that. I don't know. That's what I told the wife. I was like, be like, up, oh, honey, going to all, work in the that's morning. That's all we need is a shop, and then we could just buy a a trailer, camper trailer. We could travel around, and then when we want to, you know, winter, we just pull a camper trailer into the big shop. You know, have a shower and a bathroom and all that in inside the shop. But yeah, she ain't going for that. You know, I I one place I won't like. I don't know, 
feel weird like talking about the place because it's some private. I worked on a job. I mean, it was probably at least 10 years ago. Um, it's a building over off Phillips Field that was a, uh, like, how do I best describe it? But it was really cool. It was like a, had kind of, one end of it was kind of an apartment. It was almost like a big studio. It was like a glass blowing studio. Oh, okay, yeah. They had like a glass furnace in there and downstairs, but like in the same space, they had like a kitchen and whatever, then upstairs and a couple bedrooms. And, uh, you know, for, it was like a commercial looking building though. And we had to like had to do a bunch of insulation in it, but, um, and then like partitioned from that was a big like three or four bay huge shop which was i mean i thought that was super to be like dream come true you know big space with tall you know living space with tall open walls connected to your shop right there and yep well and i think while we're dreaming you know well yeah and that's i mean heck i got a garage i can't even pull my truck into it the garage is my shop yeah you know and it's like same thing here it's, it's filled up with stuff and it's like you know, before I get too old and don't, that's the other problem. You get older, you get a shop, then it's like, why do you need a shop? You're not doing anything, doing anything <laughs> anymore for the most part. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, you know, I don't know. I, I mean, I think I still would. I still got plenty of time yeah. to do that. But I mean, I've toyed with the idea of building a shop at our, where we're at now. And I'm just like, it's not worth it to me. For no. one, the amount of dirt work I got to do because I'm on the side of a hill would be ridiculous and yeah dirt work sucks but yeah yeah no in here i i only bring the bring the trucks in when they need worked on or whatever which that one of mine i uh you ever replaced a a a gm module or body control module on one of them pickups Mm -hmm. it is a son of a bitch it's bad it's rough well my for a couple years my four-wheel drive was pretty fritzy like you know it would Sometimes the switch, I thought it was a bad switch or something, and I just am clueless on, clueless on mechanics. And finally, I got sick of it because it, it like got to where it just wouldn't it wouldn't engage when I would flip the switch. It wouldn't turn on, and because you can hear like the vacuum click, you know, the vacuum solenoids or whatever clicking it and engaging the stuff. And it just never, and it finally just quit working. So I got on YouTube as any person should, and I like finally narrowed it down to this electronic module i was like that's the only thing it could be because when it works it when it engages it engages is that what controls the actuator or whatever for yeah that little actuator that punches into the uh the front diff or whatever yeah that locks it in or whatever Um, so yeah it's a box just a computer just a motherboard or what some kind of computer chip finangled thing inside a plastic box that's plugged on the back of your fuse box which on that truck is up under the dash with two other big like electrical plugs plugged into it like rat you know screwed in there with like 10 millimeter head bolts bolts yeah and so that took a while just i hate mechanic i do too i cussing hate. the whole time i hate mechanic and but it seemed i it like it plugged it in there and it worked great and then like, i'm bragging to frank i'm like oh yeah this thing guy fixed this yeah four-wheel drive because it was you can't even like buy them new in town and I couldn't even figure out like look up a part number for my truck which I thought was odd 
you know, you could order remanufactured ones, but there's like a couple different kinds, but I could never find anything that said, all right, this truck, this four wheel drive, get this part, like any traditional truck part. Mm -hmm. And so I ordered one off eBay for that I thought would work for, it was like 50 bucks or something because the the remanufactured ones are like 300 and popped it in there. It's working. Go to put the boat in. Doesn't work. <laughs> I, was, I don't know what I did, but I was mad. And then it came back and I disconnected my battery for a while and hooked it back up. And then it started working again. And I ended up ordering another one that was because when I pulled the one off my truck, I looked at the serial number and found, you know, the part number and I ordered. So I've got a, an extra one that I hope I never have to put back on. Yeah. I hope my truck just totally quits before that happens. Cause that's what I'm, that's what I'm going for. Yeah. I'm, I used to not mind working on stuff, but as I've gotten older, I just, I've never, that, that's why I bought a gas this time too. Oh, not a yeah. freaking diesel, you know, nothing against diesels, but they have their place. But man, I, for myself, I don't need it. How many yeah. hours do you think you had put into that truck? A lot. I don't even know what to <laughs> guess. A lot, yeah. of, lot of time, a lot of money. Yeah. You know, and now it's sitting in my driveway. What's What's left of it sitting in your driveway? A little uh, cup I, of Did ashes. I ever I send a picture to you of it? You sent a picture, I think, of, of it, it burning? burning, yeah. Well, I'll, just, I'll show you when we get off here. The My phone's in the truck right now, but yeah, I have it sitting there. I mean, it's it's done. I think the only thing that's probably good, and I'm probably going to try to sell, the, is the axles. They're going to need probably rebuilt, like resealed and stuff. But I don't think the heat. oh, they're they're actually oh, might yeah. be. I mean, the body's there and everything, but yeah. it's like there is nothing left of you know no paint. I mean, even the topper. Yeah, it's crazy. The whole bed was full of. You know, like if you ever did hundred dollar bills. Well, <laughs> no, you know, you ever did fiberglass work and you buy that fiberglass yeah. mat. Yeah, it basically looks like there's just fiberglass mat laying in the bed. Wow, it melted and burned all the, all glue, the resin yeah. and the glue and everything out of the fiber, and it just left the fiberglass. Wow, and just it looks like snow practically in the back wow. of the truck. But, jeez, yeah, it was. You know, and I don't even know if I had a fire extinguisher, if I would have been able to get it out. I mean, because yeah. by the time I got it, you know, I was throwing snow on it. Yeah. And it just got to where it was like, the there was plastic burning and all this stuff started burning. It was just like. You're like, I got to get my I, stuff out yeah, of the Yeah, and that's yeah. basically what I did. I got everything that I could out and got the trailer unhooked because I had mm-hmm. the trailer hooked up to it and all that. And yeah. And then by then it was like sit there and roast hot dogs. I guess. Yeah, I mean, it that's was all you can do. Yeah, I mean, it 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 sucked. And I actually I didn't. I I was a little calmer than I expected to be. I don't. But know. I don't know if it had hit me yet exactly what was going on. You know, I don't. I don't know. It was just. No, I I kind of understand. Like, I don't know. Sometimes you just like accept a situation for what it is maybe at least in the moment you know and you're just like well this is what it is i don't know like i've talked about it enough but when my tent exploded on me or whatever i, I feel like i was calmer than i should have been i was yeah. just like well i guess i'm going going home now yeah because you knew the reality of yeah there, like, there was no other option i guess at that yeah, point and you know i mean that's you know maybe like stay there and hope that my rain fly laying on top of me keeps me dry but Really, you know, and, and it's hindsight. It was good because the storm didn't really stop for like four days. Yeah. 
But yeah, it's sometimes just weird situations that are shitty like that. You're just like, yeah, I guess, uh, yep. it is what it is. Well, and that's kind of how I felt, you know, my brother, he rolled up, you know, cause he was following me. Yeah. He was about 10 minutes behind and. I'm just standing there on the side of the road watching it burn. And he's like, <laughs> he pulled, he pulled. It's like, what, what are we going to do? You know, and he, I'm like, dude, it's done. Like, yeah, we're not, we're not, we're not doing, doing anything. anything at this point. We're going to sit here and watch it. Cause oh, I'm like, I, you know, it was, I don't know, just odd. I've never had anything like that happen, you know, before. And it was just, I don't know, whatever, I guess. But it sucked too, because I mean, I never really planned on getting rid of that truck yeah. until it, if this happened burn you know, to the burned. ground yeah. yeah i mean you know i just i wasn't gonna go shopping for a truck i wasn't gonna do any of that yeah you know i was perfectly happy with it and you know i'd put a lot of time and money into it and it was mm-hmm. just i don't know but yeah whatever is what it is yeah no kidding there but uh so yours you did get your did you get your bear baits out yet yeah yep i didn't uh check last weekend so they've been out for two weeks um it's about the time they should start getting, yeah. I know, I mean, you know, every year is different and everybody's spot's different, you know, there's guys yeah. getting them, there's guys getting them already, but it's just one of those. Well, it's like you were saying, every year's a little different. I mean, honestly, last year, the one bait, I didn't have a single bear and it's been a good bait. I haven't had a single bear on it last year until, heck, it was the second week of June. Man. That's a and little later than we had been expect. checking yeah. and checking and nothing, nothing, nothing. Then I go in there, there's a big old boar on it, and that's when I shot it. Yeah. And then I was like, huh, okay. Looked at looked at camera pictures, and that was the only bear there. Yeah. Or had been there, and then went back the week later. It was a repeat, basically. It was like bear was on the bait, another decent boar. Hmm. Shot that one. I'm like, I'm done. This is it. <laughs> that was. This is the easiest bear bait yep. I've ever done. It don't get no better than this. Just like, quit. Yeah, I didn't even have to set. You yeah. know, I was just like, this is great. Yeah, it's. But, uh, yeah, it's weird like that. You know, and especially you know, I talk to guys every year. You talk to guys who are you know first time doing it and whatever, and it's like you could. I mean, you could, and not not everybody, but there are guys you see like on Facebook or something. It's like a like a script, like you're reading from a script, you know, like, Oh, I've had, you know, and it's our like May 15th. Oh, I've, I've had my bait out for two weeks. And yeah, I'm like, all right, Hey dude, it's early. It's early, like really early. And I mean, a new bait anywhere, you know, it wouldn't surprise me to not, even if it's going to be productive, unless you're in an area that's just gangbusters with bears. Yeah. You know, it, three it's, weeks, it may take it sometimes time. a month. Yeah. You know, and, uh, I mean, that's just, just the way it goes. And sometimes, you know, sometimes you put the bait, you, you just got to like keep trying different stuff. Cause sometimes you'll put baits out that never even get touched. I mean, even well, in, re- even in areas that I know are just infested with bears, well, or you could I, have a bait 200 yards away that's getting clobbered and, you know, or you you have one that's not and you move it 200 yards in just the right spot with just the right wind. Yep. And then it's, I, and I've, I've had that I've last year. I, because I've been trying to do two baits and I did, you know, my tried and true one. That was a no brainer, mm-hmm. but I'm like, well, I'm going to try this spot. And I, I do a bait, not a thing hit it yeah. all year. Yeah. So I did another one the following year, last year. 
another new spot. I thought, well, just not a good spot. You know, I'll go somewhere else. Same stinking thing. Nothing hit that bait at all. So this year we'll see. I get another one. So it's yeah. like, you know, I, I don't know why that is. I mean, I have no idea why it is. I mean, there should be bears there. Yeah. But. No, it and it's it's weird. I mean, there was even like one we set on our big trip last year that it's literally on a foot and a half wide, six inch deep trail, like bear trail. Down a sing, you know, a week later, not you know, maybe eventually it would it would have gotten hit, but you know, a week later, you know, it just didn't make any sense. Whereas, you know, if you get in the right spots, it's possible. To, I mean, we have had bears like hit some of these spots within hours mm-hmm. it's not I, for the typical bear baiter who's not like just going incredibly above and beyond i'd say it's you know you're getting pretty lucky yeah. if you have that kind of that kind of action i mean what one thing my dad you has done in the past and i think is pretty smart really if you're if you're you know first time bear baiter you're trying to like find new areas unfortunately you can only do two but um he would just take a five gallon bucket and yeah, uh, do like a small bait, a basically. small bait, you know, just a five gallon bucket with dog food mixed with grease, and go go wire it to a tree, and uh, and trail camera and a stink bait or lure, you know, whatever. Yep. And then just keep checking it, and as soon, you know, once it got hit, then you know, change it out for if you're going to use a bigger barrel or if you're going to, uh, you know, just dump it on the ground or whatever. Add more bait and make a real bait station out of it but not waste a bunch of time and money buying and hauling you know 200 pounds of dog food around to a bait that you don't know is ever gonna yeah. get is ever gonna get hit well and it's same with even tree stands that's a anytime i do yeah. something new i don't even set up any of that it's it's like i test the waters first yeah yeah you know because it's like geez you go through all that effort you may it, pick a spot that has good trees but you don't got to go through the yes. trouble of hanging stuff and then yeah. if you have something hitting yeah then you can put a stand up and you know i don't know if i'm i'm i think once those bears find it racket and noise that you're making ain't gonna make no difference i mean yeah maybe not if you go hang the stand and try to sit there it might take them a little while to, to show up depends or come on, back yeah, in. depends but, on where you're at yeah it depends <laughs> sometimes it may not i mean yeah i've had bears that you can't even run off the bait like they won't even yeah well this one the, the night all. i killed this one it was like go back you know because we checked them all, we checked three of them, and two of them had got hit. So um, Frank and Rob stayed at one, and I went back to that one, going, and I felt like I felt really off my game. It was like my first sit of the year, and you know, so you don't have everything kind of dialed in in your routine. And I'm dragging this tree stand in there, and climb up there, and hang the tree stand, and then I got all sat down, and I'm like, shit, I don't have a harness on. I'm like, whatever, screw it. And then I'm like, nope, I'm going to fall asleep and fall out of this tree. <laughs> Go back to the boat, get a harness. I'm like, man, no, way. you know, I knew something would because it's just a great area. But I'm like, man, this is so breaking every breaking every rule, yeah. you know. Well, and I think for grizzly bear, that's probably a different story. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. But I think these black bears, I mean, heck, I've pulled a boat right up and the bears don't even leave. Oh yeah, I've, I've walked, you know, you know pulled and up and walked in and had black bears on. It's, you know, sometimes they're spooky, you know, or sometimes you'll be on the stand and a boat will go by and they're tearing off. and They don't come back for an hour, but um, 
Well, one, you know, one I shot a couple of years ago, the one that kind of went haywire on me that I, I had shot high and just nicked his back, but I saw it go through the fur and he flipped around backwards and sat down and was looking and I'm like, you don't know he's hit, you know, and I'm like, all right, now I got to, now I got to shoot him again, you know, and, you know, hindsight, I would have just calmed down because if I'd known I'd just nicked the skin, I would have let him calm down a little bit and shot, but I'm like, quick all right and i hit him in the spine because he's facing directly away from me and i'm just like quick all right where do you shoot thinking where do you shoot him to have it come out the middle of his yeah. chest and yep it was a, wasn't the prettiest situation but had to run back to the boat grab my rifle and run run him down basically and and shoot him and so all that freaking racket and i go get the sled drag it out there drag him out and there had been a pair had been a pair of boars coming in and I knew one of them was big and I thought this was him, but I'm like, ah, maybe I just misjudged him because he's like a six foot bear, you know, not tiny, but not huge. And, uh, got him in the boat and then finally right, I'll haul bait into, to, uh, go rebate. And I got a bag of dog food on my shoulder, <laughs> go to turn the corner into the bait and the big one standing there 10 <laughs> yards away looking at me. I'm like, ah, <laughs> And I, you know, I think I had my pistol out or something, but I'm like, I really don't want to deal with two bears right now. Yeah. And uh, so he ran off. But no, it's it's just funny sometimes the silly stuff. Like you, you go through all, take all these precautions. And I'm not saying don't take them because sometimes it pays off to take yeah. them. But sometimes you, like bears do just the weirdest stuff. Well, I think they all have personalities. You know, people... People are scared of, like, grizzly bears charging them and all yeah. this different stuff. I mean, I'm not saying that stuff doesn't happen. I know it happens, but they're all, they all have different personalities. Yeah. And the same thing with black bears. You know, you get some that are skittish. You get some that aren't. You know, people are always like, well, the big boars are really smart. And Well, some of them are, but some of them ain't. Yeah. You know, I mean, especially if they got a female on their mind. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like why you're successful at hunting moose whenever they're rutting. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's the same thing. And I don't know. It's just one of them things that they're always, they're different. And I think the more you do it, you start seeing that, you know. Oh, yeah. No, and it's, yeah, I think it's, especially with the grizzlies, I think they're just so Spooky, typically, you know, and I mean, I, and I like I tell people I, I sit in tree stands now because I tired, got tired of getting charged, and you know, it happened a few times. But you, uh, I think more than anything, it's just because you're so close. Well, and you're on a food source. You're so close on a food source, and they're you know they're already twitching because other bears, and yep, they're just you know they're it's not like they're just relaxed grazing on a beach or you know fishing for salmon or yep. something like that like they're coming in to a food source twitching and you're really close and it's really tough to stay undetected long enough to yeah. like, get a night get a good shot off and not have them flip out on you because that's just typically and none of the we haven't had to shoot any of the ones that you know a couple of the few that charged but um that's definitely a little get your get your attention get attention i could see that you know i mean that's i've only been on the bait i've only had grizzlies come in one time yeah when I've been on the bait. I mean, I've got pictures of them, mm -hmm. but I think there's times that, well, I know there's been times where, because they generally seem to be noisier. Yeah. Um, I know they're there, mm -hmm. but they don't come in for some reason. And it's because they, you know, they smell me, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, 
I've had so many, so many grizzlies, you know, you know, you're sitting and you hear them coming, hear them coming, and then they end up getting downwind and you never hear them again. Yep. Yeah, it's kind of odd that they're, the black bears aren't like that. Yeah, you would think that they, because they're a little bit lower on the food chain technically, so you would think that they would be a lot twitchier about that, you know. I'm sure there are some that Mm -hmm. are that way, but just doesn't seem like they're, they're, they act the same. Yeah, no, they definitely don't act the same. They're a lot more low key, um, typically. And I have seen some grizzly bears that are relatively relaxed, you know, in a bit, you know, coming into a bait, but they're just, they're just twitchier they're not they don't seem to typically i mean i've had i've had i think you know yeah maybe a set maybe a couple of them like lay down while they're while they're there and relax a little bit but typically a lot of times man they just are constantly moving they're almost like a little wolverine like a little they're almost like a wolverine kind of where they're just they're not they're just well, that's edgy. They're 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 not holding still or relaxing while they're there. Whereas a black bear, they may be kind of really sit there and look at stuff, and then once they decide to come in, they're they relax. Ro- they're and, rolling yeah. around on the ground. Yeah. Well, and that's the only bears that it's grizzlies that's came in on my bait. It was a sow and a boar. Yeah. And you know that's this is the only thing I can judge it off of because them were the only two that's ever showed up. They showed up at the same time. The sow was relaxed. Yeah. She came in, plopped down in front of that barrel, and was eating. Like, no questions asked. Mm-hmm. Just, But the boar, he seemed agitated. He was back and forth. And, heck, he uprooted a tree. We're sitting there watching him, and he just uprooted oh. this stinking tree. He went over to my other barrel because I had two barrels there. Because, I mean, these bears that year were just eating me out of house and home. I mean, yeah. I had, between the grizzly bear, I had five different grizzly bears hitting, and who knows how many black bears. Yeah. And I mean, I was feeding piles of food. And once you get into June, I mean, they'll go through two hundred pounds of food in a yeah, night. Yeah, it was it was crazy. I couldn't keep up with it. I yeah. really couldn't. You know. And then of course, I was afraid. I'm like, oh, I'm going to lose these bears. You know. Yeah. I'll keep feeding. And I mean, it was like multiple trips a week. And yeah. You know. But anyway, the whole the only thing that I had to go off of, and I still go back to the whole sow thing. That was why he was there. I think yeah. if he if he was on his own. I don't know in. that he would have came in because he followed her. She was walking the trail and yeah. he was behind her following her. Yeah. We, you know? uh, one bear, it was the first year I was hunting with a stone arrowhead. It was super early. It was like the 14th of May. I went and checked my far bait and, and I'll be damned. You know, I was one of those nights where I was planning on hunting black bears and going back and hunting black bears, but I get in there and all morning, or like three times that morning, this big boar had been in there. And I'm like, gosh, because it was like four o'clock in the afternoon. I was like, I got to, I got to sit. You know, I can't, I don't have a choice. This is, it'd be stupid not to sit. And so he finally came in at like, and it was, yeah, it was because it was a little earlier in May. It was like the 14th. He came in at 2.15 in the morning, right at the darkest part of the night and as it's getting darker and darker your eyes adjust and you know you could but it was like it was so dark i could see him okay and if he was holding still broadside you know at the bait i would i would have shot him i would have been able to shoot him um but he came in walked right under my stand i looked down i was like holy cat like this thing is it's like a yardstick wide across his back 
I was just like, holy shit. And he's going towards the bait and, you know, as I'm, I kind of pivot around and, and he's, he's angling down the trail towards the bait and I'm like, oh, you're dead. You know, you're screwed. And he smelled where, I don't know, I'd, I'd walked to check the trail camera and I must've brushed up against a, a bush there or something. And all, like he's walking all of a sudden he flips around 90 degrees and he's now broadside facing to my left like six yards away under the tree, but I couldn't get over far enough to get my bow drawn. I drew my bow, but I couldn't pivot far enough without hitting my tree stand to shoot him. And he turned and was walking towards the bait and I let down and I'm like, all right, I'll just let down and draw again and shoot when he stops at the bait and he just kept going, never stopped and left. Never saw him again. Yeah, they're odd, man. I just and then of course you got to sit till seven o'clock in the morning because he might you might know, come he back. might come back. They never come back. <laughs> yeah, but I know you told. Well, sometimes I mean, they do. I mean, we've shot my dad. My dad shot a bear that man. This she was a, a sow. Um, looked like I think an older sow came in, like did a walk through the bait, looked right at us, and, and left. Came in an hour later, poking through the trees, looked, left, and then like another hour later, she circled, we, as, as the first year I had those ozonics, circled in directly downwind and just came in super quiet. And, net, you know, her nose is in there. She's trying to like smell us. She knows something's up. And she went in and, and like did a walk through basically the bait. And as soon as she stepped out from behind the tree, my dad shot her. But yeah, I get, yeah, see, I've never used the ozonics. And I think that would be a definitely would help. Like, because if the bears are smart, they are going to come in downwind. And don't you position that so it's, I, tr- I mean, it just, it, it, it's, it's, it's 50, it sucks. It's 50 50 because you, I guess the wind could change. You, yeah. Too, but. I mean, you know, the wind, it seems like it's changing constantly. Like more, even when it's dead calm, it's still drifting. You know, I, I mean, I get so bad where I'll have one of them little scent checkers and I'm just checking it anytime I feel a change or I'll just check it periodically and keep chasing the wind direction with that ozonics. And that tree stand is nice because it's, it's a big white spruce tree that, big overhanging branches. I have a canopy, like even in the, unless it's, it's got to be raining hard for me to get wet in there. And those branches coming down. Also, I think if the wind's blowing one direction, it kind of curls, changes the wind a little bit. So it's like, I have a little, if the wind's blowing from the bait to me, um, I can, you know, and I turn the, the ozonics in there. It's like, I think it makes a little chamber and like swirls it all around and keeps it right there. But, um, I don't know where I was going with that, but they're, uh, yeah, you set your bait, you know, ideally it, it sucks because you, you need, you like want to, on one hand, you want a prevailing wind that's going to be blowing towards where you expect the bears to be. So you have the highest chance. But generally when you're sitting there, you may be blowing yeah, your scent yeah. that way too. Yeah. That's how my, my river bait is. It's set up like that. And it's, and it's tough. I mean, the old, before I started using the ozonics, I would check the wind direction forecast and I wouldn't even set if it was supposed to be Wasn't blown the wrong way. good for you. Yeah. Cause I, I, I tried it. I'd have every time I'd have a bear come in and spook every time. And then, you, you know, once they, it seems like my experience, once they win the grizzly bears, once they win you, they're not coming back, at least the mature ones. So, you know, that was a freaking learning curve. But the ozonics, like, and they'll, they'll, like, they allow you to hunt. They give you a little bit of 
forgiveness as far as like hunting days where the wind direction might not be ideal. And if it happens to change on you, as long as you're chasing it and making sure, you know, they're not perfect. Sometimes I think if the wind's blowing a little too hard, it's not going to cover all your scent. But, um, they, in my experience, they, like, there's a one or two guys that claim they like spooked all the bears off, but I, that hasn't been my experience. We've, it's just worked. I've seen it work too many times, Mm -hmm. but, uh, and you never know which direction the freaking things are going to come from. You know, even, even that bait that's pretty much all grizzlies every year. It's just all grizzlies. I mean, all you get anywhere from 10 to 15 different grizzly bears hit it throughout the year. And typically it's, they're just transient, you know, they're hit it for a couple days and move through. Move on, yeah. But, you know, some years, like there's kind of a little creek by it. It's like 30 yards away and kind of wanders through, just choked with alders and stuff. And some years they'll all come from across there and you'll hear them banging around in the timber and then get down, you'll hear them cross the creek. And then you're, you know, like there's like two or three different trails that they'll, that they'll, and you can figure out exactly where they're going to pop out of the woods so you're ready and uh some years like last year they were all the ones i saw and could tell from pictures and traffic had made a new trail like back off the other side Hmm. you know so they were all like the one i shot with my muzzleloader came in from that side and um the one that came in before him that i didn't get a shot at this sow she came in and she was twitchy um, she never even stopped or gave me any sort of a shot cause I was going to take it, but she came in basically from that same area, but just took a different trail that comes up. It was the trail that I envisioned all the bears coming in when I first like set that bait and old game trail coming off right off the back, off the backside. And it's perfect when they do, because there's, it's, it's blocked your, your tree stand and everything's completely blocked by a tree and the branches from a tree until they get to the bait. Oh, and usually by then they're looking at the bait, you know, they're not surveying what's yeah, around. Yeah, not looking around, yeah. yeah. So you can just be, you can typically hear them coming and be red, like sitting there ready to draw your bow and shoot um, by the time they're showing up, which is a big deal. I mean, they're, I just, I try to take the first good shot they give yeah. me. Because um, you may not get another you one. You may if, not. Yeah. Yeah, you may not get another one. Um, I've had several, a few bears that I didn't get shots on that, you know, it was just uh, like this close to getting a shot, but they just wouldn't stand still long enough or give the right angle or whatever. Hmm. But yeah, in case you're wondering, you can get very involved in <laughs> the bear, the bear baiting stuff. It's, and that's one of the well, reasons I like it. You know, it's like a big long chess match and it's, and it's meant it to the grizzly bears, especially where I'm hunting them anyway. It's like a, it's a mental fortitude, like, all right, am I going to, you know, like really hammer it out and sit this, even though I don't want to, or even though I know the odds might not be. Well, and every, like you were saying, every year it could be a little different and the culmination of time every year doing it. I mean, it's like every year we're throwing around these ideas yep. and different, trying to like work another angle or try to, yep. you know, try to figure out, you know, you're just trying to one up the bear, yeah. you know. But it's hard because they're not always consistently doing the same thing. Nope. Just like the trails they come in on. I mean, I've had that too where they 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 make trails. Yep. And then the next year the bears come in different. Like 
or behind you. Yeah, or, and then I'm like, you know, these grizzly bears, like, you know, I know sometimes I can tell they're coming in on the trail I walk in on, which is fine, except they're going to smell that I walked on that trail. And a lot of bears, like, they'll catch your scent on the ground and, and leave. Just from you know, that, yeah. On a typical year, like, I will almost, I would almost never have a grizzly bear hit the bait or spend time at the bait the same day I bait, the same day I huh. drop bait. Um, last year was weird. I, I mean, from the first time I checked till I was able to kill that bear, like every time I go there and there, everything, all the food's completely gone and bears were just spending a ton of time there, you know, more than, more than a normal year. And I think some, some of the bears were sticking around as opposed to just hitting it a couple of days. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was all new bears, but I mean, I just couldn't believe the amount of traffic. Normally it's like, uh, you might get, you know. A couple bears come through in a week, and you just got to hit it on the right day that they're going to be coming back. You know, if if you if you you hunt, you know, you get lucky and check it the day that they get here, or the day after that they first visited it, and then there's a good chance they'll come in that night. You know, that's kind of my rule. That's ideal. My rule that's probably the ideal situation for you to like. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully capitalize on. Yeah, because it seemed like over the years they'll. You know, the, the second night is usually a pretty good odds that they'll at least try to come in. Um, the, and then three, after like two or three nights, it, the odds go down that you'll see them again. Um, so occasionally one will like circle back through a couple weeks later or something like that, but you never, you never know. Yeah. And you may not be there when he does No, that, you may no. not be there. And I mean, that was like, was an advantage of the, when you could use the cell cameras, cause you could at least like, you know effectively target nights to hunt yeah you could be like all right well you know there was a bear in there last night without checking it you could be like all right there's a bear in there last night so tonight there's probably pretty good odds that yeah one will try to come back in you know it was anything but a anything but a sure thing but um, but it did it, yeah yeah but it, it, it but helps it, you but yeah. it gives you some information that yeah you wouldn't otherwise you wouldn't have yeah Otherwise, you just have to check it every, every single day. chance you get. Yeah. yeah. Or, well, and even checking it every day is too much because then you're around there, you're hanging yep. around too much. So it's like all a, a game of, you know, how much gas you want to burn and how much time you can spend doing it. And, you know, this year it just is what it is. What it is. I don't have a ton of time, but, you know, one or maybe sometimes two two nights a week I, I should be able to get out and get out and hunt. So we'll just see what see what I can turn up. But I got to remind myself, like, not to get too, it's easy, you know, when you get, like, for me, because I don't know, you know, what sheep hunting's even going to look like this year, if I'm going to, how much time I'm going to have to go sheep hunting. Um, I should be fine for moose season, but I'm just like, like, it just just burns you, but at the same time, you got to, like, stop thinking, like, all right, you know, this is, like, one year, you know, one one, yeah, season, one season, you know, like sometimes like real life affects everybody. <laughs> yeah. Well, and uh, to be honest, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't have a new baby at home or any of that, but I'm my bear baiting season this year, even though I'm still doing two baits, it's, I'm going way laid back. Like, yeah, I really don't care yeah. that much. I mean, I'm well, just kind of just taking, uh, I'm not saying I'm taking a break, but I'm from just, going gangbusters, yeah, yeah, I'm just like, and yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just either, gonna take you know? it. Well, it's just like I told you, I got stinking three bear hides that haven't even got tanned. They're sitting there, you know. I'm like, I, yeah. I, granted, I once my wife is like, I haven't ground moose meat from last year. It's just it's all chunked up, oh, still yeah, frozen. Yeah. She's like, when do you plan on grinding some moose meat uh, for 
you know, moose burger. Yeah. Because we're out of moose burger and I'm getting sick and tired of eating bear all the time. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe here after bear beating's done. I'll, after we I'll, got more bear yeah, meat. More bear meat to grind. <laughs> you know, I was yeah. Like, <laughs> I need to, I still got, I've got a little bit. I've got another batch or two of sausage worth of black bear to, to smoke up from last year and a little bit of moose to, uh, to make, so I was going to make another batch of breakfast sausage, I think, with a little bit of moose I got left to process. That's same things, just chunked in yeah. bags, ready to grind. Yep. Um, and I don't mind doing it like that because you've got the meat, and then, you know, as, you're, as the year goes on, if you run out of some stuff and find you want more of this, you know, it's a good... Yeah. I just, it just got way, you know, it got out of control for me a little bit. It <laughs> got just, out of hand. Yeah, <laughs> it was just like, uh, you know, kept kicking the can down the road and just never happened, and... You know, well, part of it too is because I wanted to make some summer sausage, and you know, yeah. Nick, Nick sent me the stuff where he, where you know, where he was getting all his stuff, and I was like, "Well, I'm going to order some." And then when I tried to order it, they were out. Oh, geez. And I was just like, "Okay, well, I'll just wait." And then I just finally said, "Screw it! I'm just going to go buy the stuff at Sportsman's." Yep. And so I can do this and just get it done. Well, then it still didn't happen. You know, here I am because yeah. I, you know, I wanted, I had, I had. Oh, I've got a I, bunch of boxes of that stuff. Yeah. I had stuff set aside for burger. I had stuff set aside that I wanted to make summer sausage out of. You know, now that it's summer, I may do that and smoke the summer sausage. Yeah. You know, because originally I wasn't planning on Were smoking. Were you just going to like cook it in the oven? Yeah, that's yeah. all I was going to do. Yeah. You know, if it was winter, mm-hmm. but now that it's summer, I could probably do it in my smoker, and I don't know. I generally my meat cut it i mean i've cut meat since i was a kid but it was it's been pretty simplistic yeah you know we make breakfast sausage but it's basically ground burger with pork fat and any little of the, bit of seasoning any yeah. of the seasonings that we that i would use you know yeah. like but and then and then burger steaks and i got a cuber and i run it through the cuber for my moose steaks you know and then roast we do a lot of roast yeah that we just do in a crock pot you know mm-hmm. especially like bear Usually bear, it's roast and bear sausage. Yeah. And I do an Italian that I got. We've kind of got a recipe dialed in. and But we can use that for everything. We use it for chili. We use it mm-hmm. for spaghetti, you know. Yeah. I made some so. moose Italian sausage. That was really good. Um, I've been pretty much just, yeah, like just smoking all the bear stuff. So then I know it's like temp checked and cooked yeah. and I don't got to worry about it. And that's why I like about the roast, you know, put it yeah. in the crock pot. Until I mean, it's falling you, apart. You, you know, know it's, it's done. Cooked. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, but, uh, oh, did I tell you that, um, I don't know if I, I think I mentioned it on the, the podcast. I got to test out those, uh, well, Paps Blue Ribbon musket, or, yeah, uh, before, muzzle caps. before we got started, I was going to actually ask you about it. We got yeah, sidetracked, no, but I want to, yeah. I want to check those out. Yeah, cause. yeah I'll, I'll show you, show you. They're, uh, they're pretty slick. It's, uh, and now that I actually got a chance to shoot it and, and they seem to work great. I didn't have a single one go off or not go off. Um, um, yeah, they seem to work great, but it's the same company. It's like 22 LR reloader dot com or something that has, they make that little rimfire, rimfire reloading kit. But I saw they have like, I was flipping through there for something because I mentioned it in one of my articles, but and then I saw it's like number 11 cap percussion cap maker. And I'm like, huh. And this is like, right. You know, heat of COVID. You can't find percussion caps nowhere. I mean, I've got, I've got enough to last me a while, but I'm like, huh, that sounds interesting. So look at the video, 
and it's a little die, like die and cutter, like a punch and die set basically that you can, uh, you, you know, cut open and use aluminum from like a beer can, soda can, whatever, and, uh, punch it, punches, it cuts a ring out and forms it into a percussion cap that like fits nice and tight on your uh, number 11 nipple. And you can also, I think, I, I mean, I think they, there's different things you can do for the priming compound. I just ordered some of their, they sell a little chemical kit that has like the four, you know, it's four components to their priming compound and it's super easy to, you know, you want to be careful mixing it up and stuff and do it in small batches, you know, cause once you mix all that stuff together, like it's pretty volatile, but I haven't had any, any issues with it. Just careful. And you mix it up and then fill those percussion caps with it. I use an old, like large rifle primer tray, stack oh, them in hold, there, hold, the cap, hold yeah. them all and then fill them all up with that, that priming powder. And then you drop a drop of acetone on each one and it wets it all and like settles it a little bit. And I even used like a matchstick to just gently compress it a little bit. So what do you use to put the compound in there? It's like a paste or something? Yeah, it's and a then, powder. You mix it. It's um, I'm sure it's just like so. It's a powder, powder before you it's add prob- acid. Yeah, yeah. It's probably like potassium chlorate and charcoal and sugar or something like that. Like it, it's you know, there's a, an oxidizer and mm-hmm. um, a, and it looks like potassium chlorate. But anyway, you know, your four components. You mix them up in the right appropriate proportions, and you mix them, and it's a gr- it forms a gray powder. And you put you there's a tiny little scooper you know you use to scoop. Oh, okay. That's scoop. what I was wondering. How yeah, you and that's how you me- that's how you measure them out too. And I want to say it was like, what was it like three, three like um, batches worth like three measurement batches worth would do like fifty caps or something like that. And I mean the stuff like it's like it was like twenty dollars for the kit of priming compound. And I bet you get they say like up to 2,000. I bet you get at least 1,000 caps out of it. But, hmm. yeah, fill it up with powder, then drop the acetone in there, and then that wets it, it wets it down, stabilizes it. You can pack it in there a little bit if you want, when it, and it ends up drying, like, binds into the cap. And it does, the only thing I notice is it, they seem like pretty powerful caps. Um, they'll, like, you know, blow a patch out the end of your muzzle, no problem. But they do they do leave like a ru- very rusty colored, um, like oxidation or something. like ox yeah <laughs> oxidation or like like a powder residue t- type of stuff. I'm sure it's a like you know a highly oxidizing, corrosive type of stuff. Mm-hmm. But so is black powder yeah. or even Pyrodex. Yeah. So you know you know it's just so you're going to be cl- even with regular percussion caps you're going you to want to clean clean, it all the clean time, your yeah. nipple and everything. Um, but yeah, no, they, I was like thoroughly impressed with how well they work. You know, they may not, you probably want to treat them gentle, but you know, so you don't want to be squeezing them and stuff, but you want to be gentle with regular percussion yeah, caps too. It, yeah. If you squeeze it, you're, it's not going to fit on a nipple anyway, yeah, probably. Yeah. You know, so I think if you accidentally squeezed them or something, that powder might crunch out of there That'd a little out, bit. Yeah. But aside from just like having them in a little container, you know, none of the. I haven't had any of the any of the charges fall out or anything failed to fire on them, so just you know, not not necessarily a necessity, but a pretty cool option to have anyway. Yeah. Well, that was something you know I you know because I never built a rifle last year like I was yeah. wanting to do, and I was telling you the other day that you know I think I'm going to do a flintlock instead mm-hmm. of a percussion. Yeah. I was going to do the percussion just for because of the ease of it, but 
now I'm looking at, for one, I want a flintlock. Yeah. But, you know, there again, you're using, you got to use black powder and, you know, yeah. and all that. But. No, I found, I got, I've got, I'm stocked up on black powder now. I got like six pounds of 3F. But my, kind of my thought is, is like, you can get black powder. Yeah. And you're using flint. You don't even need caps. Yep. You know. Yep. So. And I don't get, know. It's just I, I get personal preference. I mean, it's just something I, I want. I if, wanna, it get, if it gets to the point where it, to it, go hunting, I got to use I got to use a, black a powder and make my own percussion caps. We got some bigger. We got probably have some bigger survival bigger issues. issues. That's true. But it's cool to think I can. You know. Yeah. Well, Jed shooting squirrels. He ain't gonna starve to death. He's gonna have every squirrel. <laughs> yeah. he's, oh, he's gonna have every squirrel for you. You know. Yeah, but no, I I don't know. That's just me. Something I something that I want, you know, as far as a flintlock goes. Yeah, there's something about that. It's just cool to me. I mean, it's definitely no, they're they are cool. Definitely yeah. something different. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't know. I have in my mind that I want to hunt some stuff with a flintlock. I mean, I've killed a number of moose with my percussion, but no, that's know. cool, man. I mean, that's what I don't know. That's kind of what makes. My, I get just these wild harebrain ass ideas in my head, and well, and it's it's out of the norm a little bit, yeah, you know. And I there's just uniqueness about that that's kind of cool, yeah. I mean, and especially if you have the patience to like really build a nice one. I don't yeah. have the patience to. Really well, build a and nice that's one. that's kind of why I didn't do it because I did. I just I thought I was going to have the time, yeah. and just I really didn't. I yeah. mean, I you know and. I still don't know that I will, but I want to start getting the components and yeah. Once you at least at least that's up. the first step, get the components, and then yep. I can you know go down the the road. Heck, I toyed with the idea of building some bows again, you know, but it's just like don't even start, don't even yeah. don't even turn on the woodwork and stuff because you're gonna you got other things that are you need to do first. Yeah. You know, it's like that's that's the problem I have. I see I've been both. I see five different squirrels and I oh, want to go after them all at one well, time. What's that you know? one meme? I seen some meme that was like, you know, a picture of like a garage and it's like men cleaning out a garage, it's like cleaning out their garage. It's like I forget the ratios, but it was uh like one bitching about having to clean out the garage. Like however much percent or f- play and then like the most of it, the biggest percent was like playing with the, all the stuff you find and then like two percent actually cleaning <laughs> yeah yeah that's that and that's 100 percent true you start digging around, you know? oh yeah that, i was gonna work on that i was gonna finish that up or or something other i've been i've been a bow building fool lately for old jed he wanted a he wanted an indian bow oh nice. so like a little toy bow to shoot around the yard because it's compound you know and so I think my wife helped him make one. I'm like, ah, we got, we can do better. You know, we found, uh, I don't know what, and it makes me want, I'm trying to resist diving down this hole. Makes me want to re, you know, figure out like, all right, well, what, you know, what kind of bows, what kind of woods up here make decent that, bows and drying out and stuff. Cause what we're doing is we'll just go pick it all, you know, about, about a thumb size alder, young alder, you know, about three feet long, knock that off. I'll cut string grooves in it. And I've got a big roll of artificial sin, like waxed artificial yeah. sinew that I got years ago for sewing up wolf hides and stuff. Because Wyvoda had it, he, you know, I think he probably still carries it for um, uh, some of the native gals use it for sewing so, hats yeah. and stuff like that. It's really 
um, really good yeah, stuff. Strong and really yeah. strong, and you can you can peel it into different fibers and stuff like that. Like it's it's really cool stuff. Um, like sinew was, but so I just took and I took like four strands of that tie loop in it and twisted her up like into a pretty dang good boast like nice bowstring like it's a legit bowstring and loop the other end and i just twist her down to about the right length a little shorter and brace the bow and you know hooked her on there and i made him uh i end up making him a bunch of arrows out of just little willow shoots yeah you know about little pencil thick willow shoots and use the sinew to just tie a you know to reinforce and cut a knock cut a on the, knock, cut yeah. a knock on the back and then um just wrap a couple of feathers on there and things zips them pretty good and we'll just sharpen it's, them with a pocket knife and he can shoot them around the yard all he wants and I that and that's I've had well you're gonna go down the wormhole. I know you say I'm never shooting a wood arrow again or anything. <laughs> you're, you're already I can tell you're like I could see a self bow in the in, oh, in the making and you know I was already thinking, I was like, oh, could I take, like, a young birch and split it down the middle? And I think you, you know, I think you could. I don't really think the woods we have up here are great. No. I think you could build a bow, but I think one that What's would, I, would last. So I tell him is, like, all right, these bows are going to last, like, a day or two yeah. days. And then they, you know, and then they after they just only got so in their wet wood, green wood, and they all, just, you know, they're little allers. They only got so much life in them before. I mean, they'll shoot, they'll zip them pretty good for a while, and then... They yeah. break in half, you know. Yeah. Well, you've had you've had uh, Jeff Co on. Yeah. You know, I used to work with Jeff, and and Jeff is actually who got me into making bows. You know, and and even though he does he does well, he's did laminated bows, but yeah. he likes self bows, and you know, it's always been in the back of my mind to do that because I think they're cool. Like, mm-hmm. you know, get an Osage stave, and you know chase the green and do yeah, all that cool stuff all twisted. all twisted up and but i'm also thinking yeah that's a little bit more on the expert side you know when you really get them funky yeah not that you couldn't and do then it they'll but, still eventually explode well and they can yeah you know and but it's i would still like to do it just say that i've done it yeah you know but i did i did want well with a guy that was uh was really into making like he was it was down in Oregon a guy was really into making you like he would mm-hmm. go harvest you and save the staves and uh, made like some really cool you longbows and like English longbows yep um and he helped me make one out of a, a maple stave um wild maple that grew down there and I I would build that bow and it was about 50 pounds and that was the I basically what that really was what got me yeah, I say back into bow hunting. I was like into bow hunting when I was a kid, but I never killed anything. Um, what and I and then I had a compound, you know, and was, and was sitting in my closet the whole time. But that was that bow really was what got me kind of into back traditional into it, traditional it, yeah. archery. I um, I'd made it, you know, for my dad, and then decided it was it sat, you know, sitting on that moose antlers for a few years, and I decided, you know what, I'm gonna kill, I'm gonna kill. A black bear with that this spring it was 10 years ago um it's like i'm gonna kill a black bear with that this spring and so i practiced and practiced and practiced and it was like two nights before i was going out to hunt the thing (laughs) exploded on me and uh so that was kind of heartbreaking but my dad had uh like a martin savannah recur or longbow Mm -hmm. 
at the time. And that shot about this, I could shoot it about the same and it ended up working out and then went down just like this terrible road of slinging arrows and target. Like I couldn't even get to my anchor and, you know, working through that. I, oh, it's, it's fun. Yeah. But no, that's my self bow experience. So well, I mean, I like, can definitely understand the draw to it. It's cool. It's just, it's a cool thing. I mean, I don't know that it would be something that I would use all the time or whatever. I mean, heck, I, you know, I haven't shot my, well, I was telling you about my shoulder issue, yeah. you know, I don't think I could honestly, with the way it had been all winter, I don't even yeah. think I could have shot even my 30 pound recurve, hmm. you know, and really I haven't been practicing at it. Yeah. I mean, I, I still would like to, but same thing, it's a time commitment and I can't commit that time right now. Yeah. Just, well, it's, yeah, you know, it's a thing too, like we get you, we can get you, you know, one of these, one of these days get you squared away and figure out what's going on because i remember when you like when tom was up here a couple of years ago um you were just like super bound up yeah like, i'm way bound up tense like i can't and it's, it's just and it's like it's weird because you know it just takes even for me like doing certain things it just takes like sometimes thinking about it a certain way or just engage in you know, it. Sometimes I'll fight stuff and fight stuff and fight stuff until it finally clicks. And you know, it's like a cycle. You know, I'll I'll like struggle with different stuff and then work on it real hard and then have to work on other stuff and blah. You know, yeah, it just is the way. Well, it is. we we talked about that way back then. You know, you know how it was kind of a you gained a little bit and then you lost and then you gained a little bit. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I don't know. I just. Like I said, I just haven't been able to. Yeah, there's you know, nothing wrong my, with that my, either. My yeah. thing is, is I grab the compound and, yeah. <laughs> and I kill something. <laughs> Give me that thing, I, and, and I'm just like, ah, there's a, there is a huge draw to the traditional thing for me, but yeah. I also know my limitations, and at least right now, and I can't commit that time that I really. I mean, I thought I could. Yeah. No. Well, I'm saying. It, I mean, I'm the same way. It's like. I go yeah, in little phases, like, you know, well, it's like. Because I kill plenty of stuff with a rifle too, you know. It's, yeah. Well, and honestly, the muzzler thing, I build a flintlock. I may just hunt with that for a few years, you know. Oh, it'd be and, super and just, cool, yeah. Just to do it. Yeah. You know, I'd like to kill a sheep with a flintlock is what I'd like to do. That would be my, probably well, my higher, one of my higher goals. Yeah, that would be you cool. Know? I mean, and it would, it'd be fun to kill one with that percussion gun too you know, oh like definitely there's not a ton of modern people that have done that no like, and well it, and you think about the what you would have to do to keep that thing shooting condition and yes. not like destroyed yes i mean it there, there's going to be challenges in itself with that thing you oh, know yeah. and not counting an inline you know if you're shooting a traditional style it's it's way more involved yeah you know and you know and how I think, do you like how do you know even just on a sheep hunt how do you keep it protected from moisture and be able to make sure it's going to go off when you, yes the first time you shoot when you got a sheep yeah you know you you you're not going to have you're not probably not going to be able to you know clean it out real quick and run a couple mm-hmm. caps through you know you got to figure out a way to have that thing shoot. Which that kind of fast that angle fascinates me, you know. Even in the eighteen hundreds and stuff, when they were using percussion guns, yep, the mountain men and stuff. It's like, you know, how did you know that that gun was 
more than likely going to go off when you pulled the trigger. You yeah, know? and maybe they didn't. Maybe there was a lot of times it didn't yeah. go off, and they yeah. were sitting there cussing because, you know, they weren't going to eat. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, for sure, you know. But, I, you know, I think a, a rifle, like, with how that thing shoots and considering what sheep are, I think, you know, 120, maybe 150 yards, you know, I could get comfortable yeah. shooting sheep and like that. I think that. it's a hundred, it's, it's a doable thing for yeah. sure, but there's going to be challenges that aren't going to oh, yeah. be the, I mean. That aren't going to be the range and getting to a hundred yards. It's going to be keeping that thing dry and, dry and, and yep. working and making sure it goes off when it's time to shoot. Yep. Is going to be as big of a challenge as getting to, you know. Yep. I agree. It's not always easy to get to, you know, no. under 200 yards, but it's, if you're patient, it's, it's not well, I mean, reasonable it, by the way means. I look at it, if you know you can do it with a bow, the thing is, is the weather is not affecting the bow that much. Yeah. Now, maybe if you have a sinew backed self bow and you're trying yeah. to, and it's raining all day, yeah, you're fighting the same battle because you can't get it wet. Yep. But you know, if you're shooting a, a laminated bow or a compound, I mean, the weather is not really affecting it for the most no. part. Whereas that gets wet and ain't gonna shoot, yeah, like your cap gets wet, yep, you know, it may not shoot so. And it doesn't even take wet; it just takes dampness. Yeah, you know, in a lot of cases. But. Yeah, well, and especially you know, like with with real black powder too, it's more sensitive to to humidity, hum- yeah. humidity, moisture. Whereas you know, where they say, and it does seem real black powder does ignite better, better than pyrodex. I mean, I can feel it like, yeah. when I'm shooting. Um, as as strange as that sounds, like I can feel the difference between yeah. real black powder and pyrodex. Um, and maybe in the winter time, if you're hunting at 10 below, not a big deal. Cause if, as long as you're not, you know, doing hot, you know, bringing cold to hot or whatever, yeah. you're probably not going to have the same moisture problems that you would have when it's been raining for a week. Yep. You know? And, and that's why it'd be really interesting to just see, you know, how that really pans out, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. M- maybe it might be a thing you would just take out and, and, uh do a trial run before you did some extravagant yeah some you big, know big time major yeah investment hunting trip but i mean it would be it would be dang cool oh yeah no I mean, you would just you'd have to have some sort of backup to your backup you know and you may have to yank a ball out of there and dump your you know i, I don't know what you do and, and sometimes animals won't do stuff like you know who knows they mean if you have to like hide behind a rock and pop a couple caps they may not even may not even pay attention them. yeah but uh, no, it would be it'd be cool. It, it would be fun to take that blacktail hunting. Yeah, that would be fun. You know, it would be a you know moisture well, challenge. But it is, if you're in a spot where you got a you know an Arctic oven or like if I would have hindsight you know would have loved to take something like that to the lodge where you have a lodge where you can come back and clean it every night. Yeah, and and start out with dry powder in the morning and then just keep your you know your caps sealed up with chapstick or yep. whatever on your that would be that would be fun calling you know that's what we should do still hunting or calling deer we should plan a blacktail hunt and muzzle loaders frank bring his muzzle loader i'll bring my my muzzle loader you bring your we'll just all do a muzzle loader hunt that would be a hoot that would be fun i'd love to do that oh yeah that would be great you know i haven't got a blacktail fix in a while either i uh i used to not even care I was like, Blacktail's stupid. Like, <laughs> Why would I want to hunt a deer when I got a, a moose that's the size of 
20 of them deer. Yeah. You know, or more, you know, yeah. and, but once I finally went, man, I was. They're I was, cool. It it's was, fun, it man. was a blast. I mean, I had so much fun doing that and I've never, believe I've never hunted Kodiak. Yeah. For anything. And even a, like a fog neck's fun. I like hunting that timber on a fog neck because like, you can still hunt and do really good. And, you know, your shots are like, I mean, anywhere from 10 yards to 100 yards. And you you could call them in the timber like that and just yeah. hunt on foot all day and come back. Like it's, it's you know, you can hunt them on the beach if the snow pushes them down. It's Yep. It's, it's super cool. Um, yeah, we should plan that. We one should, of, the, we one of these years, that. we should. That would be awesome. I'd love to do that. I'd even wear a loincloth. <laughs> get your <laughs> your buckskin chaps. You got your loin. You're like uh, last of the Mohicans yeah. outfit there. Yeah. It'll bring back childhood memories of <laughs> going to rendezvous with my dad. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man, that's nuts! Carry my tomahawk and all that skin deer with a tomahawk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jed's been help, helping me skin the squirrels, which is mostly like mutilate them after we peel the skin off. That's cool, though. He, no, he, he he loves it, man. He's ate up for it pretty bad, and I've intentionally, you know, I mean, like, I can't say I don't want him to like the stuff, but I try not to push it on him, yeah. you know. And it's, you introduce it to him, and it, he takes it for what it is, and then he comes by it. He comes by it. Now you know, like if he don't feel like shooting his bow, I don't make him shoot his bow. You know, I encourage it if he wants to. Yeah. You know, sometimes he'll just. I mean, he reminds me of a younger me. Like he'll just, I'm gonna go shoot my bow. Grabs his quiver, and like in the winter time, I have this bag target set up, or I had that big, you know, foam block, foam block target yeah. in here that he could shoot all he wanted, and he's he's safe and. uh and, you know, now he'll go back and shoot 3D targets, and he tends to leave his equipment laying around a little bit, but, you know, and that, well, and that's another thing is, you know, it's like, ah, do I really want him shooting a compound? But, like, who who cares, man? I mean, yeah, if it gets him into it, I say let him do it. They'll, and, you know, they'll you figure know, not it out. The, and, well, and he, he likes shooting other, but, I mean, these stupid little alder twig, but literally, like, a chunk of alder that I cut five minutes, made a bow, and little arrows that are out of willow shoots and he can go shoot them around the yard slinging all the stuff he wants it's not you know he he enjoys that too but he's shockingly good with his compound you know i started with that it, when it had and uh tony hollis gave it to me and it had after his kid had outgrown it and i think al barrett had given it to him and so it's been passed around it's old boat like 90s 1990s like bowtech rascal mm -hmm. and it had a whisker biscuit and one of the old whisker biscuits and um a single pin sight and i mean he got really good with that and then i was just like, like i couldn't believe he was smoking these squirrels with the arrow like coming out sort of sideways because the veins are catching on that whisker biscuit and um it just doesn't have the oomph and it's real light. Yeah, arrows, I was going to so. say probably being just way light poundage is yeah. probably it wasn't. Uh, and I've slowly, st I think I've got, I don't know what it is, but I've got it about as maxed out as I can. I've slowly, like I don't tell him, but I just give him a <laughs> half a crank every now and then and he's gotten used to it. And I mean, like that bow, it wouldn't be legal, but that bow would kill a black bear if you put a little single bevel on there from about 10 yards, mm -hmm. like it would do it. But I ended up seeing like a, you know, I got him like a twenty dollar drop away rest and a and a three pin twenty dollar sight, 
and got him sighted in there. And I mean, when he's paying attention to what he's doing, he's pretty deadly. Like, you know, he'll, when he misses them squirrels, he don't miss them by much. Yeah. A lot of them will yeah. jump the string or sometimes he gets a little excited and gets kind of yippy. You think you'll let him uh, shoot grouse with it? Yeah. This, this fall? Oh yeah. That'd be cool. He, oh, he, he'll be smoking grouse with that thing. I mean, after all this practice at squirrels and how twitchy they are, you know, you get some, some spruce hens that are, that you can kind of shoe off the side yeah. of the trail. Yeah. You know, even that'd, that'd be awesome though. Even though, or maybe, you know, I can find, I, and that goes back to one of the things that's frustrating about like the definitions. It's like, you know, cause you can't shoot on or from or across the surface of a dry, drivable know, surface or something, drivable yeah. surface of a road. But it's like, well, what's the definition of a road? Cause there's a lot of like little grouse trails that are just two tracks that aren't a road, aren't arguably roads. Yeah. And, that's where you find them, yeah, because they're picking up gravel. Believe me, I've yeah that whole argument. I, you know, it's silly, especially when it's like a kid with a bow, you know. But I want him to do it on the up and up, so he yeah. don't have. To, I don't want to promote, you know, doing yeah. stuff that's not legal, even though I think it's stupid. Yeah. Um. So he needs, you know, and learn how to follow. You know, learn what the rules are and how to follow how to them. Follow but them, yeah. most of those spruce hens, you know, they you can typically push them off the side of the trail or whatever yeah. if we're just on something that i'm like there's no you know it's it's a overgrown four-wheeler trail you know maybe no that will think about it but um no i want to get him doing that because he's you know he's been shooting him with his 22 the past couple of years and doing good at that but i mean you know he can get to 10 yards from them like they're in trouble with that that, that would be really awesome oh though. yeah maybe him. get him one i need to increase the lethality a little bit um I don't know what to have him use those. I I tried using those snare points a little bit. And yeah, it seems like unless you hit hit the bird solid with the steel point, which is just what a blunt would do anyway, it just peels feathers off of them. I think you know maybe those are made to be shot at birds in the air and it breaks their wing or something. Yeah, I I really like just judos. I mean judos, yeah, and that's probably what I'll get him. I tried those G five points, but even those on some of the squirrels, like where it hits them square in the ribs, it doesn't have the oomph to just hammer i mean it hammers them but they they recover and you know a judo point would actually stick in them a little bit have i don't you, know have you tried and granted it might be eh, it, with that low a poundage it probably wouldn't get buried in the and you know lose it in the weeds or whatever but you remember those i don't know what they are they're like a little star point the backers yeah yeah, yeah. You know, so i ought to try those something too. like that because that would penetrate a squirrel and go through it oh yeah and it would i yeah. mean it should kill it yeah i mean it's like a almost it's not really a mini broadhead but it kind of would be a little bit yeah you, know, you could even field point if you wanted there. to really like get you know get a little file in there you could even sharpen them up yeah. a little bit or put I, it behind a judo point put it behind a judo point yeah because the judo points even sometimes it will you know, if I, don't it'll know I don't know about a, i don't know about a light bow like that but you know, heavier bow, they'll zip right through a grouse yeah. or something. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I almost would try it just with like a field point and then, yeah. you know, have it so. We'll just have to stop the tree, like the up in the tree shots. Because I'll let, I'll, and I try to explain it to him. I say this when we lost Arrow today. It wasn't a, like back just in the woods yeah. back there. But uh, I like, I'll let him. I told him he can only shoot up in a tree if I'm like there and explain to him right now, this is why this shot's safe. And cause we got a backstop and all that, you know, or we're into yeah. the trees, this direction and try to. Not like when I was a kid and you just aimed just it straight like, up. Yeah. See how high straight up to see how high they go. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I remember doing that stuff, man. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> a lot of foolish stuff that, yeah, you should have known better. But, no, nah, he does He does good, and, I, you know, I'll keep a pretty close eye on him when he thinks I'm not watching. He, he does pretty good with it. He has a pretty healthy respect for that's that's good for that for that stuff. I try just try to pound it into yeah. him, you know. Well, it's like in a good way. The you know? gun safety rules and all that's all good. They need to know all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think you know people are so afraid of you know kids and guns and all this. And I mean, if they're taught correctly, you know, in general, you ain't got nothing to worry about with them. Yeah, you know, at least the way I look at it. I mean, the problem is, is a lot of these kids aren't taught. The parents have no idea. Yep. And then that's when you, you know, kid, I mean, I get it. Kids sometimes do stupid things, but I mean, I know myself when I was a kid, I mean, I was drilled just, you know, same thing. Yep. Gun safety rules, you know, you don't touch stuff, you know, all that. Well, and the same thing, I don't know, for me, and I try to do, you know, with him and my kids is if he wants to check out one of the guns, you know, he can ask me and I'm more than happy to let him hold it and... And whatever, and all you know. Yeah, well, you right use here, it as a I'm teaching gonna show experience. You, show you how you know, you know, this type of gun. This is how you you know you always check to make sure it's unloaded, even if someone tells you it is. You know, this is yep. how you check this and that, and be safe and check it out. I don't, you know, they don't need to be some mysterious thing. That you know, I mean, he, you know, he he knows like he likes them. He he thinks guns are pretty cool, but he he knows that if he wants to check one out, I'll let him check him out you know and yeah he's got like a pretty a pretty I've, i don't think i've ever once had any issue you know and i don't leave him unsupervised yeah. around him anyway yeah. but um if that makes sense you know like no it, his know life is going to be you know like there's just a fact of life there's going to be guns around yep and so that and that's the thing it, the, as long as they're if they're taught yeah you know you shouldn't have you know, i mean i've seen kids that haven't been taught you know, like, oh, let's go shooting. And it's like, oh, it's, oh yeah. let me hold it. Let well, me hold heck, I've it. Seen all a, this, I've you seen know, adults and, like that. Yeah. You yeah. know, I mean. You know, not not paying attention to what they're doing and just caught up and, oh, let me let me hold it. You know, and it's like, no, that's that's not how this works. Yeah. Yep. You know, calm down. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's, it's pretty fun. It's pretty fun now. He's getting old enough to work. You know, I, I take him, like, we went to the range. I have a, a little portable shooting bench that's, it's, yeah I can use it, but it's a little small for me, but I took it and it's good because he can get up on the, and I set up a bag, a sandbag with his rifle and say, all right, rifle stays on the sandbag and you can have at or you can shoot all you want, you know, and he's just got to pay attention to yep. what's going on and, and, and yeah, works, works great. He does pretty good. So it's, it's fun. Yeah, that's definitely, that's pretty awesome. But. Yeah, you yep. definitely have to do some, I think, kid episodes would be cool. Yeah, no, we, like, we were talking about that earlier, too. I think, yeah, it's it's fun. He likes doing it, and it'd be a good thing to do with him. I need to, or, you know, just start a different kids, you know, because this isn't, obviously, isn't the most kid-friendly podcast around. No, but, but well, you could do a kid section, I guess, but, yeah. I mean, I don't know, or like a... a I, I mean, what I'd probably do is just start a different podcast. Yeah, that and would, yeah. just do, like... That one just, you know, Focus for kids that. where yeah. we're just going to, you know, like me and him and talk about whether it's you talk about some, like some, any number, like, I mean, you think back to a kid, like it's the whole, like he asked me the other day. So like, he's like the, the stuff kids think about sometimes he's like, so 
How did they get their first sinew to make the arrows to kill, like, the deer, the elk, or moose, or whatever? I'm like, that's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know if they start yeah. with a rock yeah. and start with a rabbit <laughs> and get the sinew from that to make a bigger weapon to kill. Yeah. But it's funny. He's all, yeah, he's all about making stuff. Like, he was trying to watch some, let him watch some show where it's like a knife making competition mm-hmm. forged in fires Fire, uh, yeah yeah and he's all about that so he's over like looking for pieces of scrap metal to make samurai swords out of <laughs> i even let him i heat it up with a torch and let him dunk it in the rain barrel <laughs> that's cool heck i like watching that show i mean that's cool yeah show yeah no he's uh yeah it's pretty fun definitely you change speeds a little bit you know i'm fine and your kids are older she already been through it but uh Oh, it's, it's fun. Still get to. Well, it's like we were talking though. I mean, that does, you know, I remember when they were littler, but now I have other things that I deal with, with them. Like I was saying, you know, they've got other things going on in their life and I'm kind of letting them same thing, not push it on them. Like want to go hunting and, and, and I want them to go and I want them to enjoy you know, being outside, outdoors, whatever, but I don't push it on them totally either. Cause I, I remember, I mean, there was a time in my life whenever I was, you know, I, cause I grew up doing all that stuff, mm-hmm. but there was a time I didn't do any of it. Like, yeah. you know, you just were. Oh, like at high school, like, you know, or starting out in high school, play football. And yeah. That well, was between like- sports and then, you know, you're getting a job and you're, you know, I don't know. It's just part of growing up. But yeah. I think if you're when they're younger and they're shown and gave, given the opportunity, you know, taking them out, taught them this stuff. They always, I think they come back to it eventually, you know, how much, I don't know. I mean, that's. It probably depends on, you know, I kind of, after, cause I, I, I was pretty ate up with football. And then we, you know, when we moved up here when I was 16, I, I just didn't, I wasn't feeling it anymore. And I, so I didn't play football and I kind of decided, Oh, I want to, hunt fish and I'm in the place to do it. So that's kind of the direction yep. I went and don't, you know, definitely don't regret it. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I think you'd, I think they'll probably to a certain different degrees. I mean, everyone's a little different. Some people are just completely diseased with it. Yeah. Like us. Well, and I mean, I don't think there's anything, you know, I don't know. I think they're all, it goes back to just like the bears. They all got their personalities. Yeah. React to stuff differently. I mean, humans are the same way. And, and I think just kids like my kids are teenagers. So they're, they're going down that part where they don't really want to do it that much. Yeah. Dylan quite, hasn't quite got there, but I mean, like he got a new bow this year, you know, and hasn't really, I mean, he shot it, but he hasn't shot it lots. Yeah. You know, but. Not like, you know, yeah, and that's that's got to be a tough thing because you're, you try to steer, like facilitate, be like, oh man, I wish I had a, a bow oh, I've like already this told, when I was a kid. I've already told him that. I'm like, I would have just died for a bow like that, you know, and I'm like, yep. yeah, you know, and, then, and it's it's like you're, you're nudging them a little bit, going, oh, you know, it's like dangling the carrot, yep, you know, and you're like, yeah, so it's it's hard for me not to splurge, you know, when when there, as I try not to push it, but when it's things like, oh man, I want to, you know, they like he loves shooting three D, three D targets and stuff like that. So uh, you know, he's 
he's all about it. And just every time I've taken him, you know, he's five years old, like going on a shooting 40 target course, like not complaining to lick. Yeah. And probably would keep on going. Yeah. Would keep on, <laughs> keep on going, you know, just super excited to be there and, and yeah, maybe, you know, he'll probably go through phases where he's kind of gets tired of doing it or something like that. So whatever, but I'll enjoy it. Enjoy it while I can, yeah. just doing the best I can. Well, and that's <laughs> the thing too. They do, they grow up quick and, and yeah, I don't know, man. I, you got to enjoy all the, all those different times. Yep. You know, so. But yeah, well, I don't know, man. Was there anything, I don't know, what the heck else? It probably been. I don't even know that I've seen you this, at all this year. Much, yeah, really. we've been. I've been kind of low key. Just trying to think. Lately. Yeah, we've been. You have been a little incognito. Well, and the, I mean, fishing wasn't. We I don't. Did we even? We, we fi- were down there fishing to, one once, time, yeah. and uh, I think that was the last time I went down. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the truck situation that kind of threw me for a loop a little. Oh like, yeah. You know, trying to use leases. Yukon and it just you know timing Dylan had a lot of wrestling going on yeah. and just down to the one rig you know it was kind of a I don't know made me just yeah. be like eh I did do some Laker fishing at the end of the season yeah you know I finally got a way to be able to do that and we had some good trips I mean it, that was nice yeah. but uh really didn't do the fishing that I wanted to this winter but yeah. like pike I mean, fishing to me wasn't that great it this wasn't year. That great, it no. wasn't a good year at all for that. So, I mean, I still like to go, but heck, the time I went down there when you guys were all down yeah. there, and I honestly didn't even fish. I was it was more of a BS session for yeah. me. I was just going around <laughs> talking to everybody. Yeah. yeah, fish a little bit, whatever. You know, I just took it pretty easy. Yeah, no, and it's uh, it's funny, you know. I, I've been thinking stuff like how you end up. And we're fortunate up here, like, with all sort of different stuff, we have the potential, and you do it long enough, you're going to have some incredible experiences, how, like, certain things like that, you know, that one day we were down there last year will be forever be the comparison of yeah. how good, how a good fishing yeah. day is. Yeah, and it may not always be like that. It may not you know? ever be like yeah, that. That's you know? true. Yeah. It, you know, it, it's, and, you know, like on our, you know, bear baiting trip. Last year, the fishing, you know, we were looking, oh, just going to be slamming pike and she fish nonstop and burbot and, because that's, yeah, I mean, like the the previous time, that's how it was. I mean, it was just unbelievable and it was all right, but it wasn't that good. And then, you know, but, and then the same thing, like the bear hunting, you know, you go in there and you shoot, you shoot, you know, five of you shoot 12 bears in two nights, basically. You know, like you build up. Yeah. Was that the pinnacle of your, uh, you know, it don't, it ain't going to get much better than that, you know, but it's like how you start comparing, you know, the, you set the bar pretty high for your well, <laughs> but expectations. I think, I think that's what keeps you going back though, to do oh, it, yeah. you know, whether it's fishing, hunting, whatever. Cause you're always like, well, you remember that one time, you know, and you're thinking, you know, you could top it or, or just get that same kind of fix, I guess yeah. you would call it. Or same thing with like, you know, hunting these grizzly bears on bait. Like, I don't really care if I kill the biggest one. I don't care if they're rubbed. Like, it's like, I mean, there's some multiple like aspects of benefit. You know, you, you help out a bunch of moose. And, yeah. And, but man, it's exciting. Like, there's, 
not a lot to compare to it. I mean, even, you know, like shooting a sheep's exciting too when you finally do that. And I, I like doing it, but, or getting a bull moose crashing through the brush to you real close. Like it's just some one of those like few things that's just, you can't replicate it. You know? Well, and I think it's just because of the species. I mean, I think it's something that we've been, I don't know. I don't want to get all like. Donnie Vincent. Yeah, Donnie Vincent, exactly. That's, We've been that's, conditioned to. But you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, you know, it's the predator. And you're, yeah. you know, but I do think there's a little bit, there's something to that that adds to the excitement of it. Yeah. You know, without yeah. going Donnie Vincent. I mean, you know, I go, I mean, I get, ex- it's funny because black bears, like I'll get, I'll get excited. Like the heart will get pounding when you first see them. And then it's like, you know, if I decide I'm not going to shoot them, like I'll just enjoy watching them you know it's not a big deal but it's like when i decide like you know like that chocolate bear comes in is like oh i'm shooting you you know yeah. and it's like like well you, know, you get get excited same thing with a grizzly you know and a grizzly's almost it's almost worse that you in some ways it's easier because you can get ready be ready to shoot but you can hear them come when you can hear them coming for like a minute or two and you're just like oh yep all right yep you're committed now. You're coming. Yeah. And well, and I think though that's like why I like I like spot and stalk grizzly. I got buddies that are just like you're absolutely nuts. Yeah. They're like I ain't shooting no grizzly on the ground with a bow and arrow, you know. And my thing is, is it's just it's just another. I don't know if you want to call it an adrenaline fix. Yeah. But kind of or kind of. I mean, it's it's and not that spot and stalk on the ground is better than baiting or whatever. That's besides the point. Yeah. I mean, just for the same reason, one of my baits, I hunt on the ground. Yeah. Oh, it's fun. It adds to some of the excitement. There was a guy that I was kind of trying to get in. He he started bow, you know, shooting a bow. Mm -hmm. He hasn't killed anything with his bow yet, but you know, he wants to, and I offered, you know, to let him sit on a bait, but, he found out it was on the ground. He's like, absolutely not. I ain't doing oh, it. You know, I, and I'm like, well. Yeah. I'm I mean, like, for, for myself, I mean, I get that for somebody new. Um, yeah. That may not be a most comfortable situation. But I think a lot of people, now, granted, I don't have too many grizzlies that show up on that bait. Yeah. So I haven't crossed my fingers, never had to encounter one like, you know, some of the experiences you've had. My all my grizzly experiences on the ground have been spot and stalk. Yeah, and it's a, it seems like they're a different animal. They, they're a totally different animal, and I don't know if it's because of the food source. I found you can get a lot closer than you think in a lot of cases. Yeah, if you're if you got the wind and stuff right. Yeah. Um. I mean, one I had a bear swatting the ground at me one year. Huh. I was fifty yards from him, trying to get in a little closer, and that thing would, and I was walking with him. He saw me. The whole nine yards. And we're in woods. And he sees me. I don't know that he, he didn't wind me, but I he looked right at me. He stopped a couple times and he's swatting the ground. And he'd walk a little bit. And I'm just like, that bear had no, he didn't care. Yeah. You know, I didn't get him, you know, but it was like, I don't know. The, the experience of that, and, and that's what I was saying, you know, it just... Doing something a different way, no different than shooting a muzzleloader, a self bow, or just trying to meet a goal with a different, different weapon, means, yeah. whatever. You know, that to me adds to the excitement, and it and it keeps you going back rather than doing the exact same thing. Oh yeah, 
you know, granted, you may not be as successful because I do think being repetitious over and over and over and over, like on a on a bear bait, I think you can be more successful that way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or going to the same hunting spot every single year, I mean, you're going to figure things out. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm oh, saying? Oh, yeah, totally. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, because, I mean, I do it with certain things, but. Well, we all kind of, we all kind of pick our, like every person like picks their, their things that they want to like the, the aspects of it that they want to like challenge themselves. Like you use, you know, you like, you'll use some technology, but you know, you may choose not to use yeah. stuff. You know, you may choose to use, my wife puts some crappy old gun. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I get why you why like you know use a use a traditional bow or something, but why would you just want to use a crappy old gun? <laughs> well, and that's why I say I don't. You know, you know but, anything anybody wants to use is whatever. I don't. Yeah. It doesn't make me any difference. But it's like the reason that I bounce around on all that different stuff is for the reason we're talking about. Oh yeah, it just it adds a different element. To your experience, I guess. Oh, yeah, totally. Without going down to Vincent again. (laughs) You know? Yeah. No, it it does. So, and. To me, that just keeps it exciting, you know? Oh, yeah. Who knows? Maybe someday I'll I'll use, I do have a few of them wood arrows left with actual real broadheads on them. You know, maybe I'll go back to shoot, shoot a bear with, shoot a bear with one of those. I mean, it was fun. It was just stressful little bit well i mean i put a lot, any well, pressure i put on myself and it's yeah. like oh yeah you know well because point. you want to do it and you want to you know you want to make that happen yeah I, I don't know i used to be kind of like that anymore i'm part of me is just like not that i don't care i try to go into it without being putting that pressure on myself yeah. as much of course i want to be successful but and that's where I think the kids have helped me by taking the kids. I have to actually tone it down a little. Yeah. And otherwise, no one's going to have fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Including myself. Yeah. You know. I mean, sometimes that kind of stuff would get to me. You know, things didn't work out the way I wanted. Blah blah blah. Whatever. Yeah. But anymore, I'm like, hey, that's just let's hunting. You know, move on, keep going. You know, work harder. Whatever it is. Hmm. You know, obviously within, you know, I guess reason. Yeah. But I don't know. And that's what I try to tell my kids too. You know, I'm like, yeah, of course we want to go shoot stuff, but I don't want you guys to be a hundred percent miserable either. Yeah. You know, doing it, mm-hmm. you know, like Dylan, and the, the, I don't know, wasn't his first sheep hunt, but there was one trip that it just rained and rained. It was just crap. I think that was the year we were out there for 14 days. Oh. And it was just crap weather. I finally bagged it. I was sick and tired. Of it. I was just like, this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and Dylan, we we walked we walked out, and it was basically rain and fog the whole time walking. And Dylan had never got to experience the walking in the rain forever. Yeah. You know? And he got to the truck and he's like, he goes, yeah, that sucked. <laughs> that was bad, you know, but he didn't know any better oh, until yeah. he did it. But now he looks back and he's like, you remember that, remember that time we went hunting and, you know, we spent all that time and the sheep disappeared and then 
it just rained and fog and couldn't see anything. And, you know, I mean, he remembers yep. it. Yep. But he still says it sucks. He was like, yeah, yeah that was miserable. <laughs> yeah, there's some of those things that you still, like, you look back on years later. Because you don't have anything to gauge it off of, you know. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I thought that sheep hunt was hard. <sighs> yeah. Well, that's, and you learn. I mean, it's just yep. no different than me and my brother's very first sheep hunt. We were ignorant. We didn't know. Mm-hmm. And I could still say that was probably the hardest sheep hunt I've ever done. And there's things that there's no way in heck I would do them again like that. Oh, yeah. There's, you know, yeah, I just I just wouldn't. I mean, I know better now. Yeah. But then, I didn't know, you know. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's part of the thing that makes it scary when you're young, you know, like that, or, or less experienced is like, man, how much worse could it get? Like, it. You don't have anything to gauge it off of. Yeah. Like where now I could be like, man, yeah, this this is pretty shitty. Like we, we should probably get out of here. Yeah, yeah. Because otherwise, you may not. If you yeah. didn't know any better, you'd yeah, yeah. Well, gonna, it's like we're stick it out, or like sort of like no, this you know, yeah. you know, like no, this is nothing. Or yeah, you you ain't you must not be cut. You're not cut out for sheep hunting. <laughs> this is bugging you. You know, you just don't know. Yep. Yeah, you but, don't. But anyway, it's I don't know. That's part of the learning learning experience yeah it is not nope, always new fun stuff to do and and not enough time to do it in i tell you that i mean the like i was saying the kids grow up quick i mean just the season you, you just get, the, the serious like the days i mean my uncle is always told me oh i don't even remember my 30s you know and you always get lectured you know from people older than you about how fast time goes, even when you're in high school, you know, I, I mean, literally I can remember, you know, the little speech at football practice when you're a freshman guys, you know, your seniors tell these freshmen how quick it goes, you know, whatever. Well, now that's more than 20 years ago. Yep. It doesn't seem like that long ago, no. but now like, I'm serious. Like I intentionally by choice, get up at five o'clock every morning, you know, so I can make some coffee and have a little like quiet time to myself before the kids get up. Usually, my son, he's usually, if he hears me up, he'll he gets come down up. and want to watch hunting shows or something, you know, or Scooby-Doo. But, uh, but man, you know, I intentionally get up at 5 o'clock every, every morning. I'll go, you know, out, drink some coffee and go shoot my bow a little bit or whatever. But, man, it's like I blink and it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon, 3 o'clock. And then if it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon, might as well start getting dinner ready because it's going to be bedtime yep. soon. Well, and you know, there's a lot to that. I mean, I'm... I'm guilty of sleeping in sometimes, and I used to be more of an early riser than I yeah. am now. I mean, I get up early because I got to go to work, but, you know, if I didn't have to go to work, <laughs> I almost guarantee you I'd probably sleep in longer than I should. Yeah. And the other morning, I got up, I don't know, I think I set the alarm for 3.30. Cool, that's early. Because I wanted to, so I've been photographing. Pictures, yeah. I've been photographing, and I, I'm I'm photographing some some grebes it's a type of bird i don't know yeah but anyway i've heard of them but it's a mating pair and they've been building a nest and they've been mating and doing it so i've been filming and photographing them and i was just like man i want to i need to get up early you know i'm just gonna do it before work it's it's a better time the lighting's better everything was better even though i got up at 3 30 and was out there by about 4.30, 4.30, it was that day, well, what is today? Wednesday? Tuesday. Tuesday. So it was yesterday. 
flew by. Yeah, when you can't like, even remember what day it is, you yeah. have to check. But it flew by. And I was gonna I had intentions of getting up early again today. That didn't happen. It didn't happen. The alarm went off and I looked at it and I said, Nah, I'm not getting up today. But it was a little cloudy out and windy and Yeah, I sometimes. Just, but but my point is is because I got up early, I felt like I got for one a lot more done mm-hmm. throughout the day. But the day flew by like it just went by quick. Yeah, that's what it seems like to me. You know, I mean, I'll be like, man, I've been up for four hours, and it seems like, you know, I don't know. And I wasn't even just, tired. Yeah, you know, that's I don't know. I mean, I guess certain days I, I might be tired, but should get sponsored by some vitamin D thing. Turn around. <laughs> Speaking of tired, are you getting tired? Yeah. <laughs> Try some of this. Yeah. No, anyway, yeah, it's been, I think, like you said, getting up early is, and that's where bear baiting screws me up, All too, because, because I do if I'll sleep so late. Yeah. You know, I'll sleep till 10 o'clock or 11 and then get up and then before you know it, it's evening. And you're yeah. like, what the heck, man? No, I don't. I I don't have the time to to bait enough to fully do the schedule switch. So I've got to just power through, and you know, it's it's just rough. And that's the game I play, especially on the far bait for a grizzly. I'm like, if I'm going to sit till four o'clock in the morning, then I'm not getting home till nine, and then it's like I might as well just not even go to sleep and try to power through, and then take three days to recuperate <laughs> yeah well a lot of times too you're you're having to watch kids during the yep. day so you're you well almost, I, yeah i can't i can't hunt basically i have to have like the next day free no. if i'm gonna hunt i just you know maybe in theory i could go hunt at night if and just be back by five o'clock in the morning yeah, but you, i got i got a three-month-old baby to, and you are two getting, you're other getting kids to watch over so i can't be doing that i gotta know I know you got to know my limits. Yeah, <laughs> they'd walk all you over def- me. <laughs> definitely get definitely getting old now. You're, <laughs> yeah. I got a couple gray hairs popping out. I've been getting. My a lot wife more. tells me, uh, yeah, you're kind of getting a little silver there, but uh, I don't feel that old. Like I'm that old, but I am. Well, I don't feel that old either, but I uh, I have noticed. It's not major aches and pains, but you know I notice a little bit more. Yeah, like, don't recuperate as fast. I guess is is the words I'm looking for. Yeah, but the gray hair definitely. The getting old thing just reminds. <laughs> also, the joke about the old uh, the old the exam. You know, the forty year old exam or fifty whatever now the age are. Tell you what the the picture of like <laughs> the picture on this meme is. I don't know why it's stupid that i'm referencing memes that you can't see <laughs> but the guy's like on the table like ah <laughs> it's like when the when the when i or when i asked the doctor where do i put my pants <laughs> over there by mine was not the answer i was expecting or something like <laughs> i know that's messed up but sometimes uh, messed up soap's funny man yeah yeah i agree but, Anyway, we better get the heck out of here. But now, good yeah. to good to chat with you and and catch up. And you'll have to keep me posted. How I'll have to be intentional because I can't just like scroll through and see a couple things. I got to be more intentional, uh, staying in contact. Not, yeah, not letting you be a total hermit. I'm kind of looking in here too for a. I'm gonna bring you a picture over to hang up somewhere. Picture of you? 
No, not of me. Of me? Oh, yeah, one of your pictures you've taken. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I don't want a picture of you. <laughs> if I was doing that, I'd be mooning you or something. <laughs> yeah, no, I could definitely use one of those. In fact, I'm hoping to uh, acquire some storage, and then I can move You know, a lot of this just gear and stuff. You know, if I can get a, find a good deal on a Connex, I'm probably going to get it and turn it into a moose hanging deal. But I can move a lot Store of my just stuff in there. just storage of stuff that doesn't need to necessarily need to be in the warm garage, and then yeah. make some more room out there. And I got a zebra rug showing up sometime. Yeah, I have seen some of your uh, some of your Africa stuff right yeah, there. Yeah, the skulls came skulls, out really yeah. nice. You'll have to check out this baboon too. It's pretty yeah, pretty neat. And then uh, uh. Uh, Sean Porter, guy from uh, England, sent me that Chinese water deer skull he uh, shot over there in the UK. Cool. He's actually he says he's moving here anyway. Soon as soon as immigration clears, he needs to just go to Mexico and run across the border and then yeah, <laughs> come right come, up come right in, no problem. I think it's kind of odd, you know, that we got. I w- when I was going, looking at trucks, you know, in Idaho and yeah. all that, and I was just dreading, driving through Canada, and I'm like, how difficult are making this? But yet, we got people coming right across the border, no issue down down south oh, here, yeah. you know? It's like, what the heck? Oh, you know? Put them up in hotels and stuff. I mean, I'm not, like, educated on that whole, but it sounds well, like that I'm not, situation I'm not 100% either, but it's like... It sounds like a pretty ridiculous situation and i mean there's like there's a lot quite a few people from from western canada that listen to the podcast and i don't I'm, honestly like the more i've gotten to know people there and the little bit of time i spent there i think we got you know got a lot more in common like the alaskan culture is yeah, a lot more in I common with you know western and northwestern canada, canada than, yeah. than we do with the lower 48 yeah um, well a lot of those guys it's small you know i mean they're yeah I met some guys, uh, they were from uh, Fort Nelson, I think, Yeah. one year, back when I was snow machine racing, mm-hmm. and uh, them guys were just, they were a hoot to hang out with. I mean, really down to earth. Yeah. I mean, pretty wild. Pretty but, much do, but, well, a lot of the but, guys do, the, you know, from, you know, the tiny bit of hunting I've done there, a lot of them guys do, you know, it's it's a little different depending on where you're yeah. at, but a lot of them guys are doing the same stuff we're doing, yep. the same way we're doing it. Yep. Well, I think it's very similar country. Yeah, a lot of it you know, is. There, it's a there's vast areas you know that's unpopulated. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, in most cases, some of them places are less populated than here. Yeah, I mean, people think that you know Alaska's wild. There's a lot of wild country in Canada. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And in that no, western part, was, especially. Yeah, I'm and sure. it was and, cool. You know, there uh, by uh, Valley View, Alberta is where where I was hunting and it was a cool to see that country. I mean, it's, it's like a weird mix of like lower 48 car, farm country, but a lot of the same stuff we have like muskeg bogs and like a lot of the timber around there or the bush as they call it around there was like, it's the same. And there's a little bit of variety, but like a lot of birch and alder and birch stuff. and some alder, I believe and spruce trees and, is that when you went whitetail? Yeah. Was that whitetail hunt? Yeah. It's technically moose hunting, but it turned into a whitetail hunt pretty quick. Um, yeah, it was a hoot. I'd love to go love to go back there. And they got got elk down there, too. But it, it was it was cool because, you know, saw moose, elk, mule deer, whitetails. All um, in the same place, kind of. Wolves. Country. Um, I know there's lion, cats, cats around there, too. 
um, and some grizzly bears. <laughs> but, yeah, no, cool country. It would be cool if, if we had a little bit more, like, we could do a little back and forth with, like, north, you know, northern or northwestern Canada. But uh, rather than and trade off a few places like California, maybe. Yeah, no kidding. Sorry, California listeners, but I know you've already told me <laughs> how messed up it is down there, and you know it's messed up. Yeah, well, the ones that know it, they definitely know for sure that that it's been jacked for a long time. The only time I've ever been to California, I went straight to Los Angeles. Whew, man, that's quite and the culture shock for it, you. It was. I hadn't even been out of state in probably 10 years or more. And yeah, it was. I'm trying to picture that, but that was when I used to have the big beard. The big beard, yeah. And I mean, everybody's like, "You look like the Taliban or something." You, <laughs> you know, I did, fighter, I did, yeah. I did clean up a little bit before I went, but yeah, man, it was crazy. You know, and I was like, "This would be a cool place if half these people, most of these people, were gone." I mean, it's it oh, is very it's, go- it's gorgeous, gorgeous place, country, yeah. and I mean, you know. My sister-in-law lived down there. There's a wide, I think there's a wide variety of country down there too. Yeah. Like a lot of, you know, cool mountain stuff, coastal stuff, desert, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. But anyway, we better get the hell out of here and shut this down. But, uh, yeah, thanks for listening everybody. And, uh, if you enjoy Tundra Talk, appreciate it if you leave a, a good review on iTunes or whatever platform you listen on. And, um, pretty much down to out all the hoodies and stuff but i do still have quite a few of the bunny boot t-shirts left um so if you're looking for any of that stuff um yeah i'm still trying to come up with the next golden ticket idea maybe it's uh either jed well i got the head someone told me jed you know like something with jed and shooting squirrels or like is all my videos i get of them you got them i get i get pretty wound up about that but uh i think you need a tundra talk loincloth Tundra Trot, yeah, that would be something for sure. Well, I had the other, I had the idea, well, another funny one, because I was trying to think of some bear, and we're digressing again, but I was trying to think of some, like, you know, good spring bear baiting idea, and I don't know if this would be one, but, like, you know, a silhouette of a guy, like, all one color, pretty simple, but as I'm, like, walking into this bait at 1 o'clock in the morning with two bags of dog food over one shoulder and my 338, like, held held at the hip, pointed forward, walking into this. <laughs> you know, because you never know. But uh, I'm sure it's a sight to see, but yeah. bear baiters know. Or just some yeah. Place, yeah, put something like, like, oh, the baiters know. Baiters know, know, yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, all right, everybody, thanks for listening.